What's up, guys? Doug Polk here, and we are back with another episode of the Doug Polk Podcast. Today, we are joined by someone that I probably don't really need to introduce. You may know him as The Mouth, but before we jump in and talk with him, I want to quickly talk about a couple items with the podcast. Last week, we had Phil Helmuth on. Always fun to hear what Phil has to say. Um, there's some great quotes about luck in there. I would strongly recommend checking it out. I think you guys will enjoy that one. And then next week, we're actually going to be joined by Nate Silver. A lot of different subjects we can talk about there. He's been on a bit of a poker kick lately, so we'll, I'm sure, talk about some poker. And maybe we can dip our toes in and talk about some COVID stuff as well, although it's always a bit dicey when you jump into the COVID streets. All right, with that out of the way, we are joined today by Mike the Mouth Mattisau. Mike, thank you for joining us. What's up, Doug? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good today. We're testing out a new uh, stream setup for people that uh, are just joining now. And now that I'm seeing part of my intro, I got cut off. If so, whatever, I guess, you know, shit happens. Um, we're testing out a new stream set today. So some people complain they, they like to see both me and the guest so they can see our reactions and a little bit of the conversational back and forth. So trying something out a little bit different here today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to talking to you about some of the subjects that we got lined up today. A lot of different stuff we can talk about. Uh, I think the thing that I think most poker players are, are thinking about at, at this moment is the World Series of Poker, kind of what's going on with that, um, some of the COVID stuff in place there. Uh, so I definitely want to talk about that. Um, I think it would be interesting to talk a little bit about Texas poker. Obviously, I ran into you at uh, a room here in Austin a few weeks back. We got to chit-chat a little bit. That was pretty cool. So we yeah. talked about that as well. But before we get into any of that, how you been lately, man? What's new with you? Oh, man, I can't complain. I mean, th- things have been pretty good. I mean – uh, right now I'm in the middle of my worst losing streak I've had in 12 years. But before that, you know, we, we got to go before that, uh, things have been, had been really good for me. Uh, uh, so luckily, um, I was able to hand, you know, you handle the downside. Um, in the past I'd always gotten a lot of money and then all of a sudden I bet sports and grenaded it all. And then I had a losing streak and I was broke. This time, you know, I haven't bet sports in about four years. So this time, you know, I was able to, uh, you know, overcome this losing streak and uh, hopefully be all right. Yeah, I, poker goes like that. You have your you have your good streaks. You you have your bad streaks. You just yeah. kind of deal with with both, right? Uh, I will say that, um, you know, the first thing that jumped out at me when I saw you was that I thought you were looking way healthier. Uh, you were look you were your spirits were higher. And I know you had some kind of difficult health stuff for a little bit there. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, actually, uh, Mike and I had the same personal trainer in Las Vegas, different time periods, but the same trainer. I don't know if that's actually a good pitch for him, frankly, but <laughs> but either way, no. we had the same trainer. And we, well, he we, got me when I, when I won that weight loss bet with Ted in 2008. I mean, he got me down from 240 down to 179. So, I mean, he, he's a good trainer. Oh, Dustin was your trainer for that? That's sick. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. You know, it's not it's not his fault that I'm my lazy ass starts eating hamburgers and pizza every day and and sitting on my lazy ass. You know, it's not, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's well, what it is. You know, we 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 sent Dustin a picture and, and uh, actually I still I still keep up with him every now and then. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's um, good dude. Yeah, he's a really good dude. But where I was driving that was, I feel like your health has kind of come a long way. What's your journey been like on the health front? Yeah, um, years? that's that's kind of like uh, you know, I when I told you like, I want to say like I, I had vacation last week and you know kind of was a little bit not as what I expected because I I ended up being in a lot of pain. Um, I'm uh, you know, most people don't don't understand like my my health issue. You know, they just think oh, Mike had a back surgery and and he's fine or whatever. But 
you know, I don't want to really get uh, touch on it a little bit, but, but, but not really, you know, get too far into it. But what I ended up, it was, I had a spinal uh, contusion of my spinal cord um, from a, uh, they call it an uninjury related thoracic spine contusion on my spinal cord. And it almost paralyzed me. And so from that surgery, I developed uh, this, this uh, condition called intercostal neuralgia, which is like the most painful condition ever. So from 2014 to like 2019, I like lived in debilitating pain. And in 2019, they put a spinal cord stimulator in my back, which blocks the pain signal to the brain. And that uh, relieved about 80% of my pain. And so that, that allowed me to have my life back, That's awesome. uh, which allowed me to start, you know, playing poker at a better level. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it's still, it's real hard to play poker when you're in pain all the time, you know, but I've, uh, you know, even <clears throat> everything I've, I've done like last three, four, up until 2019, I mean, I would, I mean, 2017, 18, 19, I was like playing WSOP events with uh, a pain level of a 10. So, you know, it wasn't really easy. Um, and uh, overall, you know, I'm okay, you know, but I, I do have another disc that's pressing on my spinal cord. They said that, you know, in 10 years, I'd have to have taken out. And now we're on year number seven and it's, um, it's starting to act up and I'm a little worried about it, you know, because I don't want to go through that surgery again. And, you know, so that's, you know, that, that's kind of where I'm worried a little bit about, but other than that, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm walking pretty good. Um, I've, uh, I, I, I had been feeling really good. Uh, just the last few weeks have been a little bit tough. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you, you have some issues now, but, yeah. um, you know, it's good seeing you out of the wheelchair, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like you gotta get out there, move around and, 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 I feel like your the mouth is is more boisterous and and loud and kind of back, and so it's good it's good to see that. So. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty boisterous. I've been playing on some live streams lately. Uh, uh, just doing a guy I play we play in a private game with Ryan Feldman. He just he just started Hustler Live, so uh, I went down there really to uh, kind of support the show for him. You know, help build some followers for him, and uh, yeah, I talked a lot of shit on the show. It was fun. You know, I had to get to, it felt like I was me being myself. You know. And, I won every day, so it's all good. That's all, all you can ask for. So, what are you playing these days? What, what's uh, what's poker for you like? Where are you kind of? Uh, that's you know, a good question. You know, so basically, my whole life. Okay, so even even when I was like really famous in poker, I was still a, a mixed game specialist. I mean, I played the highest mixed games in the world, and um, all my money I made was pretty much from mixed games. And so, um, up until I'd say COVID hit, it was always all mixed games. And then uh, when COVID hit, I got uh, an invite to a pretty good, uh, a really good uh, <laughs> private game. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm just played nothing but no limit hold'em since, I don't know, November, 2019, going on two years. So with that said, I am actually uh, starting next week. I'm going to be playing uh, just mixed games on, on a site just to get myself in the flow because, you know, with the world series coming up that I enjoy playing mixed game tournaments. I mean, I love, you know, I'm one of the best OA players, study players in the world. And, and like the other day I, I got walked by somebody in a, in a big game, they're playing study eight. And I'm looking, I go, what game are you playing? And he goes, I'm playing study. Eight. And I'm like, Oh my God. I go, I, I go, I forgot how to play that game. I was joking around with him, you know? And uh, so, uh, well, actually, I was kind of serious, not really joking around, right? So, uh, but, you know, it's like one thing I, I learned, and 
you know, again, this is before I had this little losing streak the last six, seven weeks. But when you get re- when you're good at no limit hold them, I mean, you just win. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like I know. I know. Yeah. It's not like you don't you don't just in the mixed games. It's like, yeah, you win 30,000, you win 30,000, you lose 30, you lose 40. You, lose, you know, you're like, and then, then you have those big losing those big losing days. Right. Fucking no limit hold them, man. If you're playing good, you know, you don't have those big losing days. You just. You win 30, you win 30, you win 30, you lose 10, you lose 10, you lose 10, you lose 10, you win 30, you know, or at least that's how I thought it was until I had this losing streak. But um, but overall, most of the time, uh, you know, if you're really good now, now during, during the, my upswing in the in the in the Nolan Hold'em, I was playing really, really, really good. And as as you know, you know, when you start losing uh, all of a sudden you lose your confidence a little bit, you start you, your 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 moves that you make end up being wrong. Uh, your calls should have been folds and, and it, it kind of snowballs a little bit. So when, you know, when you're running good, it's a lot easier to play good. And then, uh, you know, when you're running bad, you, you doubt yourself a little bit, you play and you, and you don't play as well. And I, what I did is I found myself um, playing a little too aggressive, uh, you know, using, you know, that's what I do. I use my image and I, I steal a lot of pots, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, Oh, Mike's so tight. Mike's so tight. Yeah. I'm so tight because you don't see when I'm not so tight. So, but anyways, I, I, you know, because I had this image in this game that I'm so tight and I, I made all this money in this game. And, and the next thing you know, is, you know, the game got a little bit tougher and they stopped paying me off. So I started making a lot more moves, uh, a lot of more big bet bluffs. And, um, and then uh, I caught a few times and then all of life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden aces started getting cracked. Kings started getting cracked. And then all of a sudden you, Anyways, what I've I've kind of turned it around here the last week and a half, uh, where I'm uh, I'm up a little bit the last two weeks, and I, I kind of went back to my bread. You know, you know the old saying in poker: if if you're running really really bad, what's the best thing to do? Tighten the fuck up and just just play ABC until you know until the cards start coming your way and you get your confidence back. And uh, so what I did is I just tightened my game back up. I, t- I went, I mean, I tightened it way way up, and. Um, and I've lowered my variance a little bit, and it's gotten me my confidence back. And uh, I feel like I'm playing really good again. So, well, that's, that's good to hear. I, I got a couple of different directions I kind of want to take this. I, I think my first my first question for you. So, I think when you look at the way that poker has evolved over the last, I don't know, let's say ten years, especially the last five years, we're seeing more and more people move over towards styles that are more based around game theory and solvers and GTO. And I think I've seen you occasionally have some input about your thought and all those things on, on Twitter and whatnot. Um, what's, what's kind of your take on this? Because I think you have, you have a couple different ways you can go, right? Like you can go with the, with, with what Negreanu has done where he's really focused more on learning and embracing and trying to become part of understanding what, what the GTO solutions look like these days. Uh, or you can go more of a Phil Helmy route where you kind of go more with your, kind of reads and what's always worked for you and 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 you're less concerned about that putting time there what's kind of where are you at with that are you are you sort of more in the middle ground do you lean uh, i am in the middle. I, i'm in the middle because i see I'll, I'll, i'll this is my opinion i i always thought daniel was one of the top five card readers in the world i can't tell you how many times he'll say you got king jack i know you got king jack and still call Ooh, right and then he'd call right yeah. <laughs> but he was really good at reading right and so He's took it, I think, a little bit too far extreme to the G- GTO part, and he's not using his talents as much. That's my opinion. 
Okay, I don't have to be right, you know what I'm saying? But but I, you know, he he did just come off winning uh, the uh, Poker Go Cup or whatever. So you know, I got to give him, you know, give him credit. But but like, I mean, you know, in poker, you know, I talk to Phil like I don't know, three four days. We talk a lot. You know, we're pretty good friends, and we we talk a lot of strategy and stuff a lot of times. And I don't want to talk about what we talk about, but but we really do have the same thought process when it comes to tournament poker. Um, and, and other things. But the difference between me and Phil is I, I'm willing to sit down with somebody and they have explained to me G, a, a lot of the GTO theories that people are and, and, and solvers that people are going on where Phil doesn't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Phil's just like, this is the way it is. I know how to play. Leave me the fuck alone. It's my, I'm either right or they're wrong. Right. So in my thought process is, you know, I'm not Phil. Phil wants to. Phil wants to say at the at the end of it, and it's all over, he, that I'm the best poker player that ever lived. Okay, I got no interest in that shit. I don't give a fuck, you know. So I tell Phil all the time. Well, if you want to be the best poker player ever, okay. Oh, whoops, did I lose you? No, you're here. Okay, oh, we got you. Something wrong while displaying website reload. Uh oh. Could have some variants here, guys. Hopefully the tech problems. Okay, we're back. Okay, okay cool. so um. So, so I said, Phil, if you want to go down, if you want to be the best poker player ever, you need to work with somebody, study GTO, okay? Use all your, your skills because he is very skilled at reading people. And then go in there and start winning some of these high rollers so you get the respect of people, you know, in the high roller area. And so, you know, um, me, I have no interest in I, – me, I call the high rollers as, as seeing whose dick is bigger because, because the high rollers, it's just – you, you, you see it like like one guy dominates one year and next guy the next year. I mean, you don't see the same guy dominate. It's like it's the money's just going to go round and round and round. It's just they're all great players. And and the truth of the matter is, is let's just say you take the greatest player in the world. I don't know who that would be right now. You can name somebody. OK, I don't know. OK, we'll, we'll, we'll throw throw this. Uh, who's the hottest guy? Eli as Marek, whatever his name is. Whatever. Ali. 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 Yeah, yeah. Let's just say he's the best player. Okay, we're not, sure. I'm just going to go out and say, right. And then you put me, okay. Let's just say he's better than me. And let's just say he's this much better than me. Right. It would take 10 years for that to show, you know, that, you know, as long in what format, it, you know, if you're playing the, you know, the playing the same tournament every day, it's not like he's going to run me over. He's not, I'm a good enough poker player to know where I'm at. You see what I'm trying to say? And what I'm, it, it, what I'm trying to say is like, like once once, listen, I, I believe that all, all those high roller guys are like about that much better than I am. You know what I'm saying? And that much is a lot. OK, but in, in the in the realm of things, when you're playing cash games, when you're playing tournament poker, you're not playing against all the best in the world. You know, that's why Phil does so good. You know, it, you've got to play. You, how good are you against the bad players? Because you're going to be playing against bad players 90 percent of the time, unless you want to play high rollers and then see whose dick's bigger. So I poker's about making money. Okay. And to make money, you play against people you're better than. And that's what I've always done. And, uh, you know, for a while, I mean, back in the day, my ego was real big and I just played everybody. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. But, but, you know, that's just, that's a bad attitude to have. But the attitude to have is, and and it took me a long time to figure this out, Doug, is playing a game where you're the top three player in the game at all times. If you're playing a nine handed game where you're the top three player in the game at all times, you're just going to win. And so, you got You got to jump in some heads up games, Mike. You'll be top three at all times in those. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like your points that you're making here. 
I do think it kind of matters the way that you're going to look at being the best. So for starters, I think an obsession with quote being the best is just kind of stupid because there's so many different forms of poker. I think if you want to be the best at one form of poker, that can make some sense, but Mm -hmm. there's no way you're going to be the best at everything. And then once we start to get into this game of, well, who is quote the best? Well, what are we going to weigh? Right. I'm sure that Helmuth would say that bracelets should count for a lot. I'm sure that the online guys would say that, building your bankroll from scratch online and becoming a top player is worth a lot. I'm sure the high roller guys would say the high rollers are worth a lot. I'm sure the big field guys say the big fields matter more. I'm sure, I'm sure the cash games would guys would say that, you know, it'd be a mix of you need no limit or you need halo or you need next games. You need this, that or the other. There's so many forms of poker that trying to be just quote unquote, the best at it is a bit silly, but it it does kind of come down to two different schools of thought. I think either a you're the best in ability and and you're the best maybe in in how you have fared against world-class competition or you're the best in dollars that you have made playing poker and and right. i think that it doesn't neither one is necess- is inherently wrong right. you can say that poker is about making the most money and if it's your job that's probably true right. but if we're talking about actually being the best mm-hmm. i don't think that it is just how many dollars you make i think that it, to be the best at a game type it means you have the highest ability and I think a lot of the guys are trying to prove themselves in in venues like the high floor circuit. Right, and and, and again, you know, you, you, and you made a good point about you know proving themselves. Okay, so like when I was young, when you were young, you, you'll you'll go with this. You know, we're hungry, right? We're hungry. We want to prove to everybody that we can be on the same stage as all these great players, and and we. We don't. We go in there fucking focused. We, you know, I I I, t- I like to t- I tell this story because Phil never remembers this. But like the first time I ever played with Phil Hummuth, right? This was nineteen uh, uh, ninety seven in a limit hold'em event, right? And I knew I was a really good. Like I I was at between ninety six and ninety, well, however, I was like top three, top four limit hold'em players in the world. And so, you know, the first time I played with Phil Helmuth, like Phil raises, he, he doesn't even remember this hand, but I always like to bring it up to him. He raises, like I re-raise, I had ace-queen, you know. And you remember back then, you know, raise, re-raise in, in limit poker. It's like people have hands. There wasn't people like three betting, five set. I mean, the good players were, but not many people. I re-raise my ace-queen, right? Anyways, he calls. Flop comes like ace, blank, blank. And he check-raises me and I call. And he bets and I raise him on the turn. He calls and he bets and I, or then he checks and I bet the river and he calls. And I'm like, this guy's supposed to be the best in the world. He just pays me off with ace eight after I three bet him pre and raise his ass on the turn. I could fuck, I'm going to fuck this guy up. Right. And so, so he never, he never remembered this hand, but I remember it because you always remember the, the first hand you play against, you know, people that are named players, you know what I'm saying? And so that was the first time I really said to myself, you know, I'm a lot, I'm, I'm a lot better than I think I am. And, um, you know, then, it, you know, one thing led to another and, and then, uh, I got so bored of winning at limit hold limit holding was, I just won every it was too easy. It's too, it, I was so much better than everybody else. It's like, even when I ran as bad as you could run, I would like break even for the day. Cause I would steal so many pots because people were weak back then. You know, it's just like, like if they didn't have top pair and you raise their ass on the fucking turn, they would just fold. Flush card hits and you raise, they would fold. I mean, I don't want, I don't want you to be jealous here, Doug, but poker was fun back then when you could just run people over, you know? And, uh, you know, even though I'm, you know, people say, ah, Mike Madison is so tight now. Yeah. But up until 2006, I was the most aggressive feared poker player in the world. Like I was so aggressive. Like, 
And Phil will tell you, he feared me more than anybody. You know what I'm saying? And but you have to, you know, and that and, and but that also helped me in 2007, 2008 make four WPT final tables because everybody thought I was just lunatic, Mike. So I realized that uh, once card runners started teaching uh, bet sizing and stuff like that, like because that's where I got all my was able to steal from people, like the way people threw their chips in. If they threw it in like a certain way, they had like aces, kings. They threw it in another way. They were weak. And so that's how you picked up on weakness. So once they taught bet sizing, poker got a little bit tough. And so uh, then I became Mike the Knit for 07 and 08. And I mean, I just kept getting paid off just being a knit. And then they realized Mike's a tight knit now. And then 09 was a disaster because nobody would pay me off. I couldn't. And so then I had it. It took me. And then I had the, you know, the ultimate bet scandal where they stole millions from me. So that took away my ability to pull the trigger, and it took me. Uh, I mean, it well, took what, me a good four years after that, probably. What what, what kind of ended up happening with Ultimate Bet? Because when Black Friday went down, I was only on Stars and Full Tilt, and then obviously mm-hmm. Stars paid out pretty quickly, and then Full Tilt it was a bit of a fiasco for a while. Ultimately, uh-huh. Stars bought them out and paid out all of the player balances. I didn't have a balance on Ultimate Bet, thankfully, uh, yeah. and I I remember hearing about different updates, different points about people getting paid their money back. What ended up happening with the ultimate bet? Was there was there some sort of payout to anyone? I, any what I mean, Prahlad Friedman got uh, got he actually had the most taken uh, rob from him, and he still he still beat the game. <laughs> he beat the game, and they, and he had a, like a million stolen from him. Um, he got paid back. I got paid back uh, three forty five. Um, uh, but that was all that was before I got paid back. That was before Black Friday. OK, so uh, we got, you know, so the this cheating scandal happened in I think it was oh eight. People got paid back by. 2009, 2010, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. And then the Black Friday hit and all those people had money on that and. Oh, you're talking about the super using scandal first. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was okay, talking about right. the super user scandal. So, yeah. so for the people that might not be the most familiar with this, it did happen a number of years ago. There was a super user scandal on up uh, on uh, Ultimate Bet. I, I think the player's name was Pot Ripper, right? Pot Ripper yeah, was right. one of them, or was one one of the bigger. I ones. mean, Russ Hamilton used to call me every day to play him head up Omaha Eater better, and I was the best Omaha Eater better player in the world, and this guy crushed me. Um, so finding out afterwards that he was seeing the cards didn't sh- shock me. I mean. I lost 53 out of 54 sessions at one point and uh, I knew I was getting cheated. You know, you could just feel it. You know, I'll never yeah. forget. Actually, actually, I know, I know exactly what you're saying, Mike, because I played a heads up session eight or nine years ago. Um, and I, I was playing a guy and I have never felt like I was getting cheated in my entire life. Never felt that way. Yeah. And this guy was just constantly making the right decisions. And then we played one of the most ridiculous hands in my entire life. Uh, I basically, Opened 10-4 suited. The flop was king-9-3 rainbow. Check, I see bet. Get check raised. I bet three bet the flop. He calls. Turn is a jack. So it turns a queen. King-9-4 queen. King-9-3 queen. I have 10-4, so I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Checks. I bet. I do pick up a flush on the turn. He calls. Rivers a brick. Check, check. And he just has jack deuce. So he just had jack high and just put in all of the money re-raising, just whatever. And I said, I know I'm getting cheated here. So I emailed PokerStars. They froze his account. And I got a call from Stars. And they said, hey, we just want you to know that in the, in my history working here, I've been here for years, we've only ever paid people back their money on a handful of times, 
maybe five times ever. It's almost never going to happen, but we are freezing the account investigating this, but you should not have high hopes that you're going to get any money back. And I think that the player won about 35,000 off me or 40,000. I forget the exact number. Um, he started set at 510, ran all the way up, played 2550, whatever. And then they investigated it. A few months later, I got a call. Hey, we have concluded you were certainly being cheated. We're sending you back every dollar this guy won. Here's all your money back. It's you know? awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, That's people great. like to cry when they're losing. Oh, I'm getting cheated. Oh, the app screwed up. Oh, oh, oh. But the truth of the matter is, is I've only, I mean, I, I, I know for certain I only felt like I was getting cheated once and I ended up I was, and that was on the ultimate bet scandal. Um, one other time I felt on this uh, about five years ago that I got cheated uh, only because the site was like, like pretty much over. Like I had won all the money uh, playing PLO eight and everything. And there was, like, there was no games left. And all of a sudden they decided to start 100, 200 uh, horse and Omaha eight. Right. And I sit down and I start all these new players to show, Oh, we brought, you know, and, and I, and I lost every single hand, like three bet, four bet and like hands where they were, had no right being in the hand. And I lost like a hundred and I don't remember what it was, but I, I'm not sure I got cheated there. I mean, I was multiple tabling, like three tabling hundred, 200 online, you know, it's a big fucking game and I could have just ran bad. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I, I'm not for sure. That was the only other time that I thought maybe I was cheated, but but the, the the first time I definitely wasn't. It was proven that I was. But all the rest of the times, you know, like I go in losing streaks. I never feel like I'm getting cheated. You, you can yeah. feel it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just can feel it. You know. So don't, you know, people are like ah, I got a friend like we plays on this, the same one of these home games that I play it, and he's all like, ah, the app's rigged. There's something wrong with the app. I play enough online poker to know something wrong with the app, and I'm like, this is my answer to him. It's like. Yeah, you're not winning what you should win. Yeah, this idiot over here is winning more than you, right? I said, but if the app's so rigged, what you're still winning after six months. I'm still winning pretty good after six months. Yeah, are we not winning what we what like uh, or we're better than these other players? Yeah, I agree. But that's just variance, you know what I'm saying? So I mean I, I have this fight with him and Phil also. Phil won't play, oh, there's something wrong with the app. I'm just like Phil, it's poker, dude. You've been playing for 32 fucking years, man. What you you've never seen bad players going rushes? I've seen bad players going rushes for two years straight, and then three months they're broke. I mean, it's just it's just what poker is, you know? Yeah, definitely. Gotta, I, I, I've not really I've not really dabbled in the app scene, but um, you know, yeah. I, I, you do have to be careful with a lot of those kinds of things. And uh-huh. you should always be skeptical yeah. in, in today's day and age that uh yeah. you know you're getting a fair game. Um Quickly here, guys, just want to give some shout-outs here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. We are live on all the platforms now. And in the future, if you do want to watch these live, if you're listening recorded, you can check them out on those platforms. want to say thank you to all the good people tuning in today. Now, I think it's time to go ahead and jump into our uh, main story I want to talk about a little bit today, which is the World Series of Poker. You know, the World Series of Poker, is in, they're in a tough spot. And um, kind of just, just going back to last year with the COVID outbreak, um, it was clear that WSP was going to have some problems. They shut it down last year. They do an online version. Uh, this year, they delay it to the fall. And now we're looking at a World Series of Poker that's going to take place from roughly late August to late November. Sorry, late uh, sorry, late September. September. To, yeah, sorry. Late, late September to late November. So roughly two months, about the same length of time. But they moved it from the summer slot to the fall slot. Uh, I think that it's it's... 
it's kind of a weird change. It, it feels a little different with WSB happening in the fall. But I think the main the main question here on everyone's mind is what's going to kind of go down with COVID because I'm not sure if you've seen the rules here, Mike, but essentially rule 115 and the World Series of Poker Guidelines gives them basically full authority to take anyone out that if they think there's even any risk of COVID in any Didn't they change that though? No. Well, they, they updated it. And if you're vaccinated, then you essentially have a lot more rope. So if you're vaccinated the bar it takes to be pulled from the, to be pulled from the tournament is much higher. I don't know if you had to test positive. And you know, and you know, I'm, I'm really against that. And I've been vocal about it on Twitter is the fact that new, this is a new study out of Israel. This was just like two days ago. Okay. They're the most vaccinated country in the world. They're like 99% vaccinated yet. Like something like 70% of all new COVID cases are people that are fully vaccinated. Right. And they're, and right now their hospitals are filling up with vaccinated people from the new variant. So I just don't think that it's fair to people that don't want to get. And, I'm not, and listen, I'm vaccinated. I, I have underlying conditions. I thought that for me, it was a benefit that the benefit out, outweighed the, the downside. But like if I'm somebody your age in great shape, you know, what I'm saying, thank you, Mike. I, you know, I, why, why would I? Why would you want to put a vaccine into your body that you don't know what's going to do long term? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're like over the age of 65, you know, like I, I get in this big fight with my mom. She she doesn't want to get the vaccine. She's 84 years old. Right. And it's just like what mom, you're, you're 84. You know how long you, you know, you're not going to be around. The, the long term effects aren't going to affect you. But the, the short term effects, it just outweighs it. You know, so, I, I, you know, I, I'm just a person. You know, we live in America. You know, it's free. You know what? You know, all I heard from forever was my body, my choice, my body, my choice. Well, now all of a sudden it ain't my body, my choice. It's fuck you. If you don't get vaccinated, you're 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 affecting other people. But that's just not true. OK. And 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 it's just like it, if they want to not get vaccinated and they want to fucking die, get hospitalized and die. God bless them. It's their choice. You know what I'm saying? So I think these mandatory vaccines are, are really bad. I think it's un-American. I think, you know, it's like. You know, there, there's so many different diseases in the world. Are they, are they telling people you can't come in because you have you're not vaccinated for this, 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 or this? Or you, you know what I'm saying? And, and it, yeah, it, it, you know, there, there's people who are just going to disagree with me, and I, I, I really don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? But, but I mean, people are so quick to give up their freedoms. You know what I'm saying? You know, and it's like we have freedoms in this country. We are the only. You now Joe Rogan hit it right on the nose. We are the only free country. You know, our our country's built on freedom. You know, it's built on this this you being able to do whatever you want. And uh, I just think between the the YouTube censorship, the Twitter censorship, the vaccine mat, mat I mean, I think we're just we're just kind of tilting away from what the country's built around. So, well, I'm going to a lot of, a lot of stuff there to, to talk about. I'm just going to kind of yeah. pick on a, on a few certain points. The thing about the vaccination percentage of people in the hospitals, it is overwhelming. If you look at the right. number of people, if you, if you look at vaccinated versus not vaccinated, mm-hmm. the chance of being hospitalized from COVID is tremendously higher. If you're right. vaccinated. So right. that that's, I think that's the most important takeaway from a hospitalization standpoint. Correct. Uh, and then also your chance of dying from COVID is tremendously higher unvaccinated versus vaccinated. Correct. Obviously, if you're young and healthy, you're unlikely to die no matter what. Correct. You're so, super well, unlikely. And that, this is the big point I have. Like I have a friend, my best friend's 37 years old. He says you couldn't give him $10 million. He wouldn't take the vaccine for all the money in the world. He's already had COVID. Okay. He's 37 years old. He's in good shape. 
you know, and, and, and he's, he reads a lot about vaccines. Like he, he, he's, he's pro vaccine, but he does believe that there's a lot of these vaccines that kids have gotten autism from, you know what I'm saying? Now that there's no, you know, he does a lot of reading on it. So he's just like, well, I'm not taking this vaccine. I've already had, if I've already had COVID, I'm 30, I already got the antibodies. I'm 37 years old. Why would I take the vaccine? You know? And so for them to put mandates, like you're not going to be able to fly. You're not going to be able to go here. If you don't have that, that's just fucked up. Well, that's, so that's where it gets kind of tough. I think, because let me give you two really extreme examples. Okay. Just Mm -hmm. to highlight the, 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 the line. Let's say that there was a virus that, was let's say that the black plague came back at the move let's say there was a real virus that killed people just say it like that because this one is 99 99.5 i'm gonna word the way i'm gonna word here okay so let's just say that one out of three times you get this virus you die yeah and there was a vaccine that could prevent that yeah. then obviously that should be mandated because mm-hmm. people need to not die from this this virus and protect mm-hmm. other people and if everyone right. has the if everyone has the vaccine this goes away Right. Now let's say there's something that killed zero people. It, it it had no actual chance of death, no actual chance of major side effects. Obviously, that should not be mandated. So right. there's clearly a line somewhere along the way. And the question that we have to ask is sort of where is that line? And it's different for different people. So right. I think ma- mandated vaccines can make sense if it is something that needs to be mandated. It's just the question is what's that line, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just don't think that if you look at the numbers, the data and everything's out, it's like – Okay, so if you're the odds of you die, a healthy person under 30 with no underlying conditions of dying from COVID are what 0.0002% or something like that. And so, like, why should you know? And, and again, the NFL's sitting there saying if, if you're vaccinated and you get COVID, no big deal. But if you're unvaccinated, your team's going to forfeit a game. I'm like, they, they, the, the, the science says that the people that are vaccinated carry even more of a viral load than if they get COVID than the people that don't. So I just think that's really kind of unfair. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and again, there, there's, 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 there's a lot of, I mean, you, you know, as well as I know, there's a lot of, a lot of fake news going around a lot of, you know, it's, it's easy for them to, well, to tell you one thing and, and, and not be but, true just to push a narrative. So I'm saying this, okay. This is my main point in favor of the vaccine. If there was real chances of long-term effects that were negative, why are 97% of healthcare professionals taking it? The people that are actually experts in health, why would they be taking it? Even the young people, even the healthy people, they're taking it. Why would they be taking it if they really felt that there was some serious chance of side effects? Well, I'm, again, I'm with you on this. I, t- I, I took the vaccine. I'm fine with it. You know, but sure, but yeah. all I'm saying is we live in America. If people are anti-vax and they don't want to take it, they should not be – they, it's just like it's kind of like segregation right so you know in the early parts of this country you know they just segregated you black white latino whatever and and the, and the media now is segregating people vaccinated and unvaccinated and turning people against each other because that's what the media does and so i just don't think it's fair i don't think it's right you know what i'm saying and i have not, i'm on the vaccinated side you see what i'm saying i just okay. think like and I, but i do have people i have friends that you know there's people religious people Okay, I mean, I know I know a couple of people that are really religious, and they think that the vaccine is is like the mark of the beast, and and that you're not going to go to heaven if you if you take the vaccine. Now, but that's their own. Pro- see, that's what I'm trying to say. That's their own choice, and for them to be segregated because their religious beliefs believe that the vaccine. Now, do I believe that? No, but but people have their own beliefs, and I just think that 
that they should, you know, nobody should, nobody should harp on them because they have these beliefs, you know, I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of big name poker players that are real, that are anti-vax and I'm sure, you know, like, the, like who, who, who are the big names? I mean, Alex Foxen. I mean, he, 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 he's just irate that he can't go to the world series because he's not vax, you know, but he's a young guy. He's in great shape. He, he doesn't want to take the vax, you know, and, uh, well, and, and now you're talking, you know, it's, it's kind of bullshit and I'm, I'm on his side, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so, um, there's, uh, I mean, there's a few others too. I mean, there's, uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean I'm so brain dead, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to just like, you know, he, he's, he's outspoken, he's outspoken about it. So sure. I mean, I, I, I assume when you said there are others, I thought that they had said it publicly. Don't obviously don't out. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want like, to If there are people that have said it publicly, that's yeah, and I mean, if people have called me like, this is fucking bullshit. There's no way I'm taking a vaccine. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, Tony Cousineau, okay? I mean, you might not know who he is, but he's yeah, most times at the World Series about winning a bracelet, whatever. He's completely anti-vax, right? And um, and so it's like uh, there's – I mean, there's so many – there's a couple. Of, but the point I'm trying to make is like so now you're going to tell these people that they can't play poker and, and compete because because they're young and healthy and, and they have – you know, even, even if they get COVID, you know, like, like if I get COVID, I'm going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? I, and that, that 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 that's that's kind of where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I think that 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 it, it's just not right because now if it was like it was in June when COVID numbers drop way down to almost zero because of the vaccination, well then I'd be like, okay, get you know you should, you need to be vaxxed. We don't want you know we don't want to try and we want to try and get rid of this. But now that with the new Delta variant and the vaccine is not blocking it. I just think that it's a, it, 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 it's a fine line there. I, I, I just don't think it's right. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see I, what happens. I, I, I think that the, the, the attendance of the World Series, which I thought was going to be the biggest ever, is now going to be the lowest ever. That's just my opinion. So I hope I'm wrong. We'll see it's not going to be the lowest ever, Mike, because some of the original WSPs had 20 people. Okay. So okay. I the lowest since 2000. Let's go lowest since 2003. <laughs> okay. So, so I guess the real question is this. What what should the Paul? So I guess actually let's open with this: Should they be doing the World Series of Poker this this fall? What do you think? Uh, and my and my answer to you, honestly, as much as I want it, no, I really think they should cancel it because this Delta variant. Okay, think about it this way, right? Look where, how bad COVID is spreading with the Delta variant. It's fucking summer, Doug. Do you remember what happened in the winter last year? That means it's yeah. going to go ten x. Like by the time the World Series comes around, like. You know, September or whatever it is, September, October. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about. Uh, so honestly, I, you know, I've already had it, and I, and I'm vaccinated. I'm I'm not really worried about it, but I, I think it's going to be. I mean, a fucked up situation. What's your What's your opinion on that? I I kind of I'm kind of in the same camp actually, Mike. I, I we're we're a lot more similar on our views on, on this than I thought we were going to wow. be. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. Closer to this than I than I thought we were going to be, but I. I kind of think that, I mean, it's tough. I, I, I guess, I guess on one hand, I think that on one hand, I feel like people should get to make their own decisions for what they think is acceptable for themselves. And I'm kind of against companies and government saying you should or shouldn't do this. So here's what you should or shouldn't do. So from that perspective, I'm kind of okay with the WSFP having their, having their series and just saying, Hey guys, these are the risks. We all know them. It's been a year and a half. 
Right. You you're going to be within. You're going to be close to all these people. Just that's that's the situation. Here we go. Yeah. Um, I actually think that that would be a little bit better than kind of targeting the unvaccinated people. And and look like I know that it, it, it's it's pretty cool on the left to to dunk on unvaccinated people. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you look at the data, you should get vaccinated. Um, yeah. But people do get to make their choice, and they do get that freedom in this country. So. The, as it's written in the rules right now, you kind of can't play the series if you're unvaccinated. No, because because if you're unvaccinated, you can just get pulled, and you don't get the same sort of rights as the vaccinated people. And so every time you buy into a tournament, seriously, part of the unvaccinated player pool goes to the vaccinated player pool in a way. If you really want to think about it like that, yeah. because the vaccinated people just get to have that sort of leg up on other people. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, again, pretty. As long as people know, I guess it's not as bad, but it feels it feels like I don't know. I, I don't I'm not sure. I don't know. There's Doug, no let, me ask you let me ask you this question. Are we going to are we going to have to four years from now? Are we going to be living with COVID? My answer is yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. OK, yeah. so 100%. it comes a point in time where, you know, the risk, you know, your situation, you got to live with it. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be it's part of life. That's why I'm against the mask. I'm against all that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like. A little paper mask doesn't do fucking dick for you, okay? If they're going to mandate something, mandate fucking N95 mask on everybody, okay? Because these little cloth masks, is they're worthless. They're just like, they're like a, 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 a what do they call it? Like a diaper. Like They're like a, a, a safety net. Oh, I'm wearing my mask. I'm not going to get COVID now. That's just bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, and there's going to be a mask mandate at the World Series, and and. I'm telling you right now, I can't wear a fucking mask, man. I wear it for like, I don't know about you, but I wear it for like two, three minutes and I can't fucking breathe. My glasses fog up. I can barely fucking breathe. Right. So they do have those shields that a lot of these high roller people wear. Right. And a lot of these poker rooms let you wear these shields, you know. So I um, I actually did find this like, you know, this thing came across uh, my uh my Twitter feed because that's what they do now of uh, this clear, this clear mask that like goes to your head and it, it's anti fog and it has like holes in the bottom of it. And so I'm probably going to buy two or three of those, but some places won't let you wear the, the face shield. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So if, it, if I have to wear one of those paper shit masks, I will not be playing the world series of poker that I can tell you right now. I can't, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I, I did buy this. Uh, I, I did order. I haven't gotten them yet. I, I ordered them the other day, but they're like, they go to your face. They're like a plastic kind of like bubble and they have like holes at the bottom for anti-fogging. At least that's a, listen, I only got two of them. They're $19.99 a piece. Okay. Just to see if they work. It's probably, I mean, they probably might not, you know, but I, I know that there's no way I could wear a mask at the world series. So uh, I mean, some people have no problem. They wear a mask all day long. It doesn't even bother them, but you know, uh, I'm one of those people that when I, my, my glasses fog up and I can't breathe, now, maybe if I if I had been, you know, if I didn't stay home for a year and a half and uh, I'd be used to them by now, maybe it'd be different. But, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I stayed home for a year and a half and then I got fully vaccinated. And the first time I went out, I got fucking COVID. So uh, I was it was that's pretty, pretty brutal, man. It was pretty that's tilting because I, I, I was so. But see, this is right before the Delta variant went crazy in the country. So so nobody really kind of knew they're just like, oh, you're 95% to not to not get COVID. And I'm like, wait a minute here. I'm like, I stay home for a year and a half. I get invited to to the Conor McGregor fight uh, in a suite. 
And the next thing you know, I'm home with COVID. I'm like, I'm like, go fuck yourself, government. That's the first thing I said to myself. Fuck you, government, and you're 95%, 95% to not get fucking COVID, you know? So Here's a Here's a take I have on this, Mike. I think that the messaging about the vaccine is all wrong. We've turned it into right versus left and and this whole thing. I, yeah. think, that, I think this is how we get everyone vaccinated. You ready for this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take the American freedom medicine or do you want to let science made in a Chinese lab potentially kill you? American yeah. freedom medicine. American yeah. freedom medicine. Yeah, you, you know, got this communist who's boss. Right. With a with a round two rounds, two bullets of no, American it's, it's freedom. That's a good idea. Right. No, I agree with you. And the thing, what's funny is 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 yeah, they've turned it right versus left. But but the truth of the matter is, and this is why I fucking hate the media so much, is in New York City, only 20 27% or 70 28% of African Americans and Latinos are vaccinated. Okay, that's New York City. In the country, it's something like 32%. So what's the biggest voting block for the left? Blacks and Latinos, okay? So they keep saying, well, the right's anti-vax. Well, that's just not true. If you go and you look at the data, the data will show you who's not being, who's vaxxed and who's not being vaxxed. And the truth of the matter is, is the biggest voting block or the biggest block of people that are unvaxxed right now are African-Americans. And, and, and it's just like, Okay, so what are you going to do? You're going to say you're not vaxxed, you're back to segregation because most of the black people are not vaxxed or 75 percent of them are, 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 aren't. So now now you're going to say you can't go into Target. You can't go into this restaurant. We're back to segregation again. OK, because, again, I'm not making this up. Go look at the numbers. OK, 70, 72 percent of unvaccinated people are African-Americans and Latinos. This is not a made up number. OK, so if everybody thinks I'm just making up a number. Go look for yourself. Yeah, I mean that. That I mean that kind of makes sense. I think if you look at, it, I mean, so first off, America has what three hundred and fifty million people, whatever the number is yeah. today. Okay, so, and we, we're going to go into a binary party system. You're going to have some groups in each camp that are very different from other people in in the camps. And if you look at black people specific, specifically in America, um, they tend to be much more conservative than most of the liberal party, way more moderate. And then on some issues, they even are conservative yeah. as a voting block. And they're so, very religious too. Uh, the mostly uh, African Americans are very, very religious, and they, they, they're, they're a lot of them are against this vaccine. And um, you know, but you don't, you won't hear about that. Okay, you'll only hear about the, the the narrative that the media wants to push. So that's why you know a lot of people are like, you know, why am I so political? Why? Because it's not that I'm, I want to be political. I just want people because most poker players they play poker, they sleep. They turn on CNN, they play poker. And so I try and educate people like what you're watching is not true. You know what I'm saying? And I tell people, I don't, I have so many friends that are on the left. I have some friends on the right. I don't care what side you're on. Just realize that our fucking media is evil and they're out to fucking divide us for political purposes on both sides. Not just on CNN. Fox News does the same exact thing to divide us right versus left because that's how they get people angry and that's how they get people. Yeah, but I mean. That's been exploited not just by – I mean that's that's exploited by the politicians themselves too. I mean Trump yeah, yeah, yeah. was basically doing that in spades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd right. blame the media, but then he would do the exact same thing. Hmm. So it's I – mean, I know that. 100%. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's why you know I tell people all the time. Well, originally, I was a big Trump supporter. You know, By the end, I fucking thought the guy is just fucking just a complete idiot and a fucking moron. You know what I'm saying? You know, But I did like his policies. I thought his policies were good, and I, I, I – and you see – Anybody who's paying any attention to what's going on in the country right now is like 
these policies that they put in in six months' time, what they've done to the country, it's just, I mean, I just can't even, it's just unimag- it's unimaginable what, what's happened in Afghanistan. It's like impossible to what happened there. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I'm I'm trying to give us some leeway on talking talking politics. I know yeah, you yeah, yeah. get a little upset. Um, yeah, I, I think I think COVID stuff seems appropriate because World Series of Poker. But if we start yeah, talking yeah. about Afghanistan, I feel like we're gonna go yeah, a little bit off, off the that. rails here. You're right. Um, you're right. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't really want to get too political. You're right. So so go, going back to the World Series of Poker, let, let's just say the following thing happens. So the main event is on. We get down to the final two tables. Somebody tests positive for COVID. They just forfeit their stack. Is that the situation? That's the situation. That's what's going to happen. I mean, so okay. like, I mean, think about that. Even if you're vaccinated, right? Like, you're down to like the last two tables. You're the chip leader. You get fucking COVID. You're just fucking toast, man. Like, you're just done. It's like, how could you play a big blind five day tournament, right? You're there you're risk, if you've if you've never had COVID. Let's just say, even if you're fully vaxxed, but you've never had COVID, like around all these people we're going to be around the chances of you getting COVID is over 50%. I think, don't you? Oh man. It's so hard to put a percentage on that because I don't know what it's like in terms of people that are vaccinated and unvaccinated. Yeah. And then in terms of how quickly Delta spreads and then how good the testing will be. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, it's, it's certainly somewhat likely at least. Um, I, I don't know. How do you play a big tournament? Can you really afford, can, who are these people that are going to pony up, ten thousand dollars to play a tournament where they could just get kicked out and lose their money and that just seems, uh, it seems my, so hard. And, and now that you broke that up like here's my my thought process on it and you tell me what you think okay if you get covid and you're in the money okay whatever i think your your stack blinds out and you and you get paid whatever okay but i think that if you get covid before you're in the money i think they should get their money back if they're still in the tournament i just uh, or you could give it back based on chip stacks too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But you know, let's just say, okay, so let's just say it's a fifteen hundred dollar buy-in, right? And you start off with forty thousand in chips, and now they're ten out of the money, and they got twenty thousand in chips, right? I mean, you got. I mean, what do you give them back? Seven hundred fifty bucks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but again, that there needs to be. I just don't. I'm kind of with you on this, Doug. I, I just think it's 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 a bad. I don't know how there's going to be a lot of people getting COVID, man. You're talking about the, the the most disgusting place in the world, the fucking Rio, the place where you get a fucking disease every year. Like I've been sick every year, but like twice in the last, like whatever it is, 16 years. Right. And you think that fucking everybody ain't going to get, start getting COVID. I mean, it's just, they're just gonna, you know, and, and, and they, they've proven now that even vaccinated, like you, the vaccinated people spread, spread it just as much as not more than the unvaccinated. So once somebody gets COVID, I mean, this could be a fucking complete COVID fucking fest. I, I mean, I'm not going to get it because I've already had it. And I'm, you know, I mean, I could, I mean, I run pretty bad. I mean, there could be new variants, man. And then also, is it 100% confirmed? You can't re-get the same variant because I feel right. like I've heard mixed things on that. No, I, I mean, you can, but I heard it's like um, you're seven times more like, okay, so you're still something like, okay, this is what I've heard, right? So you're, 58% um to not 58% uh vaccine on the, with a the Pfizer you have 42% chance with Pfizer of getting the Delta variant. Um if you have the Moderna vaccine you're only 28% to get the Delta variant. 72% protected against it. So this is th- th- these are the numbers that that I've heard. Uh 
I don't know the Johnson and Johnson uh, one, uh, but those are the two that I, I do know those stats because I, this is what I, I, I kind of fucking do every day when I'm not playing poker is look at COVID stats. No, just see what's going on in life and seeing what fucking, what the truth things are going on and then seeing what the fake news. is. I, I found the uh, stat you're talking about earlier about um, it's young black people in New York, mm-hmm. only 28%. Um, yeah. I don't know if you said young or not, but it's just for younger people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. It's right. It's good to stay up on what's happening in the world. Obviously, you want to be able to try and make informed decisions and, and, yeah. and know and know what's going on. Yeah, I think an ICM chip payout, if you're not in the money, or maybe even just in general, could be a reasonable solution because because yeah. okay, so let me let's go let's go tinfoil hat for a minute here. Let's say you're deep in the main, and then you someone says, you know what, fuck it, and they try and plant COVID on people. You know, they know someone's positive. They get someone else to go give them a high five, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever. Yes. It is. I, I'm just now I'm, you're thinking like me, buddy. I'm just saying, what? Look, I, I'm not playing either way. So I'm not, I'm no, not going to no, be involved no, no. in any sabotage plot, but uh, what happens then? Right. Cause someone could do that. I mean, I love it because see me, me personally, I believe they're fucking dropping vials of COVID to keep the shit around. So fuck it. When you say Who's shit they? like that, Who's they? The fucking government. So You're not I mean, dropping vials. What? Oh yeah, I'm a fucking no. really. I really. I know how sick these motherfuckers are. I think like that. You think? Yeah. You think any any government right now wants high COVID? They get voted yeah. out. Yeah, because COVID, as, long COVID as, they have COVID, they can, as long as they have COVID, they can have mail-in ballots. As long as they have mail-in ballots, they can steal elections. Dude, COVID I'm, not, I'm joking around. I'm not that far. I'm not that far. I'm joking. Okay. Around. okay. But I'm just you saying. Get, I'm get your ass voted out. If you gave me. If you said to me a hundred percent that that's not happening, I would say no. I'd give it a ten percent chance that that's happening. Okay, maybe five percent. The yeah, the five. Afghanistan thing might be hurting Biden a bit, but the COVID surge is definitely hurting him, and yeah. it hurt Trump too. And yeah, killed Trump. President, pre- it debate. Yeah, you could make a strong case yeah, that it, it lost in the election. I mean, they they don't want this. N- nobody nobody wants this. I don't. Yeah. I don't maybe maybe certain businesses want this. I guess mm-hmm. I'm sure the the. The companies that sell face masks are pretty happy that this went down. But other than I that, played poker I with a guy on stream the other day, right? He was like the worst player I'd ever played with, right? And I'm like, but he was really nice. I'm just like, I looked at him. I said, what do you do for, for, for a living? I mean, the guy loses 50th pop in a 5-5 game every time he's playing. I just wonder what he did for a living. You know what he said he did? Because mm. he goes, I manufacture. I can't say it with a straight face because it's so funny. I manufacture hand sanitizer and I sell ammunition. And I'm thinking to myself, is there anything in the last two years that's made more money than fucking ammunition and fucking hand sanitizer? Right? It's a good I'm combo. Like, he goes, well, I saw it coming. He goes, I, I just had to get into that business. You know, I, I, like, like ammunition sales are up 900%. Uh, san- hand sanitizer is, is what up like 9 million percent. So I kind of laughed when he said that. I, I really couldn't keep a straight face. It was pretty funny. Yeah. He might need to play a bigger game. Yeah, that's what I told him. He might need to move up a couple. Wait, couple well, I, I, I tried to invite him into our home game, but I don't know. We'll so, so you're you're not going to be playing in the World Series of Poker then, or if they if they make you wear a mask, is that well? I'm, I ordered these, like I said, these two plastic uh, things. They have a vent on the bottom, anti-fogging. Uh, they, that, yeah. they look good on the commercial okay. <laughs> same thing. And if they work, I am. But if I have to wear a face cloth, I will not be playing. That's just my 
for unfortunately it's just the way it is i just it's not that i don't want to i just can't you know now will i play the Omaha the 10k omaha eight yeah i'll probably play that with, with a cloth on <laughs> because I, I you know i'm just i mean i only find i find out what it, what, what do you uh, like so much about the split pot games the best players win that's what I like about it. Mm. Like in the old days, is it, is it is it the word best or is it the the player's name Mike Win? Is it what, no the best? The, no, there's always when there's when there's three tables left, like and there's 24 people left. 20 of the 24 are the best are the best Omaha. It's just the way it is. The best split game. It's just I, it's hard to explain, but like when you have them dead, I mean, with one card to come. I mean, when they have like three outs, I mean, over and over and over and over. It's just tough for them to get out. So it's it kind of like. Like reminds me of like back in the day, like the, the best no limit players were just, you know, just like Rounder said, there's a reason why the same people make the final table of the World Series every year. That's just how it used to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, even when me and Phil Helmuth made the final table in 2001, right? Like, and D- Daniel got 11th, but but um, with like 18 people to go, 12 of us were like the 12 of the best players at the time. You know, it's just, that's just how, 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 it many, works. how many entrants were there in 2001. Yeah. There was a uh, 200 and no, 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 that was, that was, no, there's more than that. Uh, 600 and seven, 607. I thought I, I could be off by one or two, but it's, it's either 605 or 607. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, then in um that's it's so much small it's it's like a different tournament compared to what the main is turned into right and even when moneymaker won it there was uh okay so then there was 808 the next year and the year moneymaker i think the year moneymaker won it there was 808 and there could have been 2300 i'm not sure i think it was 808 i think the next year it went let's up let's look this up man look, look it up what it was uh 2001 i know it was i think the year moneymaker won was 808 I know it was that or the year before. My memory kind of sucks, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, 2001, 613. 613, yeah, I was right on there. Okay, okay. 2003, 839. 839, correct. That was 2004, 2576. Right. Ca- ca- casual 3X. Yeah, that was after Moneymaker 1. So it was eight, It was 839. That's what 2005, 5600, so almost... So over a two X again, and then 2006, 8,800. Oh, the 2006 was insane. That's when fucking, that's when poker was just the money. People that weren't around back then, but like people were walking, kids were walking in with bags of money and they would sit down in a cash game and they're all online players. Right. And I'm, that's why I used to think like back in the day, I'm like, these motherfuckers must cheat because they're fucking just horrible. They would just sit down with, they would, like it's unexplainable the money they would pull out of their fucking nap backpack and i'm just thinking and the games were so fucking good it was unbelievable you know what a time to be alive 2006 7 2006 7 and 8 were were just amazing amazing days of poker what was it like back then? Do you have any any good old school gambling poker type stories from back in the day? You- well, i mean, i used to play it was from like 98 to 2004, so six years, I used to play 400, 800, uh, Hold'em, Omaha 8, Stud 8. Those are the three games we played. It was me, Todd Brunson, Jennifer, um, uh, a Harman. guy named – Jennifer Harmon. Yeah, a guy named Curtis yeah. Bibb who passed away in 04. Um, 
and uh, a guy named Magic and a guy named Tommy Fisher. Well, Ma- Magic was definitely the winner in this lineup, right? No, Magic and Tommy Fisher were the spots in the lineup. It was a joke. His name is Magic. Yeah, my, his name, he's actually a really nice guy. But he, it was like he made a ton of money betting sports, and uh, and then he, you know him and Tommy Fisher they just twenty thousand a day, twenty thousand a day every day. You know what I'm saying? And you know, sometimes they won, you know, whatever. But um, you know, I, I I made a lot of money. I mean, I fucking I was making like two hundred thousand a month playing poker. You know, and, and there was no risk. I mean, I just won. I won, Todd won. We all won. You know what I'm saying? And then there's the story I like to tell, the greatest one, the one that really. So we all played four eight, and sometimes there was a one thousand, two thousand game that went. You know, that was with Doyle, Chip, Eli, um, maybe uh, David Oppenheim. There was like four or five of them, right? But mo- most of the time it was like four and eight hundred. Sometimes we played eight and sixteen hundred. Um, anyways, the one weekend I. I leave the town. I, I left town. I had to go to Reno. And uh, that was the, 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 the week that um, uh, Andy Beal came to town. And they were playing uh, 10, 20,000 limit hold'em. And everybody put their money the corporation, together. Corporation, right? The corporation. Corporation, right? So I, I, the only week I leave town, everybody put their own money up. Right. The next thing you know, I come back, everybody's playing 4,000, 8,000. I'm playing, I can't barely get a four, 800 game to go game to get together. And, and this is something I, I always like to bring up because it's so funny. So Doug Dalton, who run, ran the Bellagio poker room for a lot of years. Right. So I come back and um, we're playing 400, 800 and uh, I order a Fiji water. Right. And uh, they go, that'll be five bucks. I go, why five bucks? I don't. I don't pay pay for Fiji. He goes, unless you play in that big game over there, you have to pay five bucks for fuck Fiji. And I go, fuck you. I said I play with these motherfuckers every day for the last six fucking years. I leave town for one week. You want to charge me five? It was principal. And then I didn't walk in the Bellagio for the next like four years. Old. What, what year was that? That was two thousand and uh, probably two thousand and five. Oh, okay. Because uh, I mean, right I, I, yeah, I turned twenty one. It what what year was it? Now I can't remember. Oh, long nine. time ago, Doug. A long time. Oh, ago. nine, and uh, <laughs> and they were free at that point. So I mean, I, I yeah yeah yeah. So that was from that, yeah. well, that was oh five to about oh nine. Because that's how I was playing online at full tilt. I just didn't give a fuck anymore. I, I never went to the Bellagio again. And people will laugh at me like, you know, why did you act like that over a five? I go, because it's a principal. What? I could give a fuck about the five bucks. So, so like, so Chow was playing with me. Chow would get me free water because because he played in the big game. It was it was just such a just. Then there was a time like like uh, I'll never forget. Like Doug Dalton was the worst fuck, nicest guy in the world, worst poker room manager in history, right? And back then they used to like if you wanted a comp for food, they only had like uh, they had paper. It was paper comps and they'd write you out a comp for like 15 bucks. Right. But they only got like 50 of them a day. Right. This is what a piece. This is how Doug Dalton was. He's like, so I asked him for a food comp one day and he's like, oh, Mike, these are for for players. I'm like, what do you mean for players? He goes, you make a living playing poker here. I need to give these to people who don't. I'm like, what? I'll never forget that, right? I've t- I tell that story too a lot of times. Again, I don't want to knock Doug Dalton. He was a really nice guy, the worst poker manager in history. Have you considered he ha- was fucking with you? No, he wouldn't give me a comp. Well, I know, but have you considered maybe he was just fucking with you? Because these are some pretty 
five dollar no, no. waters and no food comps. I don't know, man. No, no, no. It was a true story, right? So you know, that's when I that's what so I didn't show up at the Bellagio for like four years after playing sixteen hours a day, seven days a week from nineteen ninety fucking six through two thousand and five. Really, I mean, nobody played more hours than me. I was, you know, like I, I always like to say that. Flashy, be quiet. Uh, I always like to say this, you know, and, I, and I'll say it to everybody, you know, in poker, you want to make money, you got to work. Okay. If you, if you don't work, it's just like everything else in life, you know, you work, you make money. You don't work, you don't make money. You're not going to sit around and say, oh, I think I'll play poker twice a week and I'll make this a lot. No, you got to fucking put in the hours. You got to put in the time. You just like, you know, just like when you study in the lab or whatever, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I, you got to, you got to work. If you, if you work hard, if you're a good poker player and you have good game selection, I mean, you don't even have to be an A-plus poker player. You could be a C poker player with great game selection and great money management, and you're going to win. You know what I'm saying? And I've told people all the time, I'll take a guy. See, people don't realize. You know, people say, like, uh, Chip uh, uh, Reese was the best poker player that ever lived, right? He wasn't the best poker player that ever lived. He had a B to B-plus game at all times. We're not talking about he never had an A game. He never had a B-minus game. He ne- No matter win or lose, he had a B to a B plus game, okay. And when you could, when you when you don't ever tilt, and you don't give me the guy with a C plus B game that never tilts, that always plays in a in the lineup where he's a favorite. I'll take him over the guy who has an A game. Let's just say David Benjamin, and also has an F game, okay. That goes on fucking full blown tilt. Is that, is that David Benjamin has A games and F games? What's yeah, he? Have he you has heard a games and Z, He has A games and Z games. I call. Well, them. What's he doing these days? I haven't heard about Benjamin in a long time. I, ha- I haven't either. I have no idea what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Probably fucking uh, conning somebody else and putting them in the fucking a game, and then he'll win, and then he'll take their money and go gamble it away on a fucking slot machine like he's always done. So, uh, you know, I, I, he's one of my good friends. I'm just telling the truth, you know? Or maybe just you know, tell the truth. You know, he's a degenerate, you know? It's like I know a lot of degenerates, and there's a lot of degenerates that are good people. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of degenerates, it's like, you know, the, uh, Chino Ream for one. He's a degenerate. But I'm going to tell you right now, he wins a fucking tournament, and you're there when he wins it. He's going to give you fucking money. You know, he's a guy. He doesn't – he's not a guy. What that, a guy, Mike. What a guy. I'm just trying to say – yeah. I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, like there's pe- – don't – people – there's a lot of good people that are sick, okay? And you, you – you can't, it's kind of like uh, an alcoholic or a drug addict. You, know, you can't hold it against somebody because they're sick. Because a lot of people that take money from people and they don't pay them back or whatever, and but they want to pay them back. You see what I'm trying to say? They don't do it, but we do have a lot of people in our business that do it maliciously and they and they have with no intention. And those are the scumbags. And I got lots of those I can name too, but I'm not going to. Well, it's tough, and there is a difference between someone maliciously taking your money and someone making an honest mistake. Yeah. But my problem is when someone is making honest mistakes a lot, then I think that even if maybe malice isn't their primary motivating factor, they do end up in the scumbag territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things can shit can happen. Um, I I can't say this person's name or anything, but. When I was younger, I got scammed for an insane amount of money. Um, I, my net worth was a million dollars. This is about 10 years ago or something like that, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, 
through whatever happened, I basically, someone made a real huge mistake drunk and I lost $250,000. So I lost about a fourth of my net worth. I woke up and I was worth 25% less. Um, huge hit. Uh, luckily, it was as I was kind of coming up in the game. So I, I made it back somewhat quickly. And then over the last 10 years, they paid me back slowly and ramped it up over time, higher and higher and higher. And then this year, they've basically paid the entire thing back. That's awesome. It's the story yeah. you never hear. That's but that story. guy... That guy made a, a really horrible mistake, and it's why I never say anything publicly because he made a really horrible mistake once, mm-hmm. and then he spent a decade making it right. Yeah. And then when I see guys like Brad Booth, who still owes me money, and then he's in the pit, and I get people who message me, Doug, oh, I'm going to make this right. By the way, Brad, if you're listening, you haven't paid me any money in years, so yeah, I'll take a Brad owes a lot. Brad, Brad, yeah, you know, sure. Brad, here's the thing about but, Brad but, Booth. But just to finish this really quick, just yeah. to finish my point, you know, Brad... Brad would be be in the pit gambling it off, right? And and owing and 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 getting running up debts for other people and making these mistakes repeatedly. And then even if he's not thinking, oh, I'm going to scam Doug for 30k here, he just happened to scam me. At some point, you can't just hide behind that. You are a fucking scumbag. I mean, that that day comes. He got fucking uh, Patrick Antonius for 364,000. You know what I'm saying? And the truth about here's the thing about Brad. And again, I don't. I I like the guy. I think he's sick. You know. But this guy was set for life. He had Lee, he had he, uh, Liberté, Guy Liberté fucking staking him. Okay. When you watch that high stake episode where he ripped 300,000 against fucking uh, Ivy and Ivy folds the two kings or whatever with like douche floor offsuit, whatever, like Guy Liberté was putting him in, right? And yeah. Guy Liberté said straight out, I will stake you forever. Just don't play PLO. You can only play Hold'em, right? And then online the next day, he, he empties the account playing PLO. And Guy Liberté cuts him off. And the guy was set for life. All he had to do was just not play PLO. Just play yeah. only hold him. And, and Guy would have just kept putting him in forever. That's a, that's a guy that's a fucking... Unbelievable. That's unbelievable, just the most honestly. dumbest thing. I, we used to talk about that all the time. Like, like uh, uh, the dumbest things anybody's... Nobody's ever been in a spot where you have Guy Liberté, like, loves you to death. You go out on his yacht with him. You go. He loves you. He once well, You get a guy like that that loves you, that'll do anything for him. How do you fucking do that? You know what I'm saying? So he fucked himself. Ins- I mean, that's insane. That's not just that's not just scumbag territory. It's actually in a different category. It's insanity. That's, I don't even know. You have, what, we, you, you what have a billionaire. Right? You have a literal billionaire who has signed up to give you money and says, "There's one rule. You can't say don't break the only one rule." What's he going to do rule. about it? I mean, think about like all the crazy things people have done. It's like, like. The only rule, you have a billionaire that's going to put you in any poker game for the rest of your life. He loves you to death. The only rule, don't play PLO. Just only hold him. And then you go and you empty the account playing PLO. I'm sorry, but what if it was a PLO game. Poker, that's that's got to be like up either in the top two, you know, maybe top one, you know. But he had, he had the fallback plan of, of scamming me for 30K in an online transfer, right? When you got that and in your back. scamming Kit Patrick Antonius for 364000 He said, oh, Guy will pay you back tomorrow. But Guy had already cut him off. Okay, see, that's scummy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, let me tell you this. Even a, a, like my ex-girlfriend, right? Her, bo- her bankroll was like six grand, right? He fucking got her to loan him five of the six. And he promised her he'd give it back to her the next day. And he paid her back like increments of 300 bucks over like a two year period. Right. So, but she was decimated. That was her bankroll. Okay. What was, what was she doing though? You know, what's that? She shouldn't have given him the money. 
Well, yeah, but she trusted him. I mean, she didn't know. Yeah, she that- saw, you know, she sees he plays all these big games. He said, I'll, I need five grand. I'll give it back to you tomorrow. You know, she, she, you know, she I'm didn't not trying know. to victim blame here. Obviously, right, right, right. he fucked up. I'm not trying to victim blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm but just I'm- saying, here's a good rule at home, guys, if you're listening. When you have a bankroll, don't give 86% of it to someone in a loan yeah. that you just trust they're good for it. Okay. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and another thing to tell all your listeners too is in poker, when you loan somebody money, don't think of it as you're loaning them money. Think of it as you're giving them money. And if you get it back, God bless you. Because most of the time you loan people money in poker, it's because you like that person. They're going through some hard times. You want to help them get back on their feet. And and you think they're a good guy and they're probably going to pay you back. Okay. But, you know, a lot of the young generation people need to learn is like in poker, like you said, I never mentioned that person's name. He ended up... It, there's a rule of thumb. You don't out people who owe you money unless they're the scum of the scum. You know what I I'm saying? I don't, I don't really agree with that, Mike. Yeah. I think, I think people have done that for way too long and I think it protects scumbags. I said, unless I think, they're the scum of the scum. You know yeah. But saying? the scum of the scum is too high of a bar. I'm saying, I think mild scum should be outed just yeah. a little bit of scum. I think that should be something because if, if, if someone was mildly scummy and we outed them and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the people that I think, made one mistake in a different category. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're just going to put those people in a different category. But if somebody is mildly scummy, I think that that's something that should be public. Because if it is, then it protects other people. How many mild, quote-unquote, mild scumbags have scummed 10, 15, 20 people before they ended up being, oh, it turns out they were a big scumbag. Fucking, uh, uh, what, what, what's his name got me for, uh, uh, who's the guy that got second? The guy got second to Chris Ferguson in, in 2000, the, the uh, Really famous no limit hold player. Uh, TJ Cludia. TJ Cludia. Okay, so TJ Cludia used to walk around and, hey, can I borrow 300, 300, 300? He'd get everybody for three hundred, right? And he got me for sixteen hundred once. Then he won. Then he got second in the World Series for like eight hundred thousand. He still didn't pay me back that sixteen hundred, right? And and now look, you know, now now he's just ruined. Nobody will loan him any money, and now and he's been, you know, kind of, you know, he's getting older. He, you know, he's going to probably die broke or whatever. But the point I'm trying to say is is in I can't tell you how many times like I've loaned somebody three, four, five hundred, and I say to myself, please don't pay me back. Because if they pay you back, then they want to borrow it again. Now if now they want to borrow a thousand. Now they want to borrow Why 2, not just say no, dude? Can I be honest, Mike? I was too nice of a guy. Back, I don't back in the day I was just so nice. I just helped everybody out. I couldn't I, help myself. I'm I'm racking my brain here. And I don't think I've ever given someone a loan. Really? I don't that's think so. I, I have a funny story where one of my best friends at the time, he was a high stakes player on stars at the time. He, we had hung, hung out a bunch. And then one day he shows up at my house and he says, Hey Doug, I have a question. I said, yeah, what's up? He said, what do you do in this situation? Let's say you have a friend and this guy, he wanted to take a loan from you and it was $20,000. What would you charge him? What, what, what percent interest would you charge? And I said, well, first off, I would ask why does he need the money? If there's a real reason he needs the money and there's a way you're clearly getting paid back and it all makes sense, then yeah. I wouldn't charge him anything if he's a friend. But if it's if it, if there's a reason he needs the money, you should be careful about that. And he goes, oh, okay. Can I get a $20,000 loan? <laughs> he used that as the intro to ask me for a loan. I said, no. And that was it. We didn't even hang out after that. That was the end of, was the, end of the friendship. It, it, the door stopped there. Um, there, there, there was a... One of the stories I want to tell really quick before we move off the Brad Booth subject. When I when I did these transfers with Brad Booth, 
it was a people asked me why did I loan him the money. It wasn't a loan. It was a it, it was a trade. And in those days, no one knew who I was. So he was a notable person. I was the unknown guy. So I escrowed through him basically. And he scammed me for thirty thousand dollars. And this one day he said, "Okay, like I got." I don't know, 400 bucks for you or whatever it was. I said, okay. He said, meet me at this this gas station. And we meet up at the gas station. It's the gas station on the corner across from the South Point, okay? On uh, Las Vegas Boulevard and, um, uh, is it Bermuda? Uh, I think Las Vegas Boulevard. Pebble? Bermuda. Pebble? Pebble, uh-huh. Las Vegas Boulevard? Whatever. Silver okay. Ranch. Silver Ranch. Silver Ranch. Ranch. And, uh, and, and so we're at the gas station on the corner, South Point in all of its glory. And Brad Booth rolls in. I, I, I'm having flashbacks to high stakes poker with the bricks, right? I'm thinking, of course this guy's good for it. I saw the bricks at South. I think it was South Point. Bricks on the table. Three bricks. This guy rolls in and pays me back $600 or $500 or whatever it was at this gas station. And then promises me he'll have more for me soon. And it's just, it was so surreal just to go from seeing him playing in those games to this situation so quickly. Life can really come at you fast in the game. Can I ask you how much of that 30 you've gotten back? How much of that 30 you've gotten back? I pull up the spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see here. Brad. Oh, I'm in the wrong email. That's on my phone. I want to say I've gotten about 8K back if I I had to guess. That's pretty good. (laughs) Well, I think the last payment was in... 15? 15, 16? I don't really know, man. I have a he's falling off the like he was they, he was missing. Wasn't last year he was missing and they thought he was dead? I saw that, yeah. Yeah, that he was, was missing and and I'm like, so when 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 he was missing, I'm like, well, don't worry about it. He didn't kill himself. He loves himself too much. I'm like, but he owes a lot of money. Somebody might have just fucking been done with that. There you go. <laughs> you Brad know? Booth, Brad Booth debt recovery. Uh so October 31st, 2017, he paid me. You're not gonna this is it's this is too much. It's honestly too much. He made a direct deposit to my bank account for one hundred dollars. <laughs> See, I'd rather like I like I I I have I mean I'm you know I have no problems admitting it. I owe one person in this world that's loaned me money. Um and I've paid off like forty percent of it. And I was planning on having it all paid off by the World Series until this losing streak happened. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up paying that person off. But other than that, like like the only people I owe money to are either bookies uh, that beat me out of hundreds of millions, anyways, or tens of millions, anyways, uh, or um, you know, some, a few Chinese debts uh, where I lost big in Chinese poker, and and then everything went bad for me. But uh, you know, I I owed seven hundred eighty three thousand um, pre COVID, and that number is around 160 now so Dude, good job man that's, that's uh, well done you know, that's um you know i i, I listen I, I could keep it quiet or i could be honest you know i i made some mistakes i made i made a horror i made a, a couple of horrible mistakes uh especially right after my surgery you know i um i needed to get back on my feet and i tried to win money too fast i got in the biggest games i i i want i wanted to just win this money and pay this person back so badly Cause I don't, I don't, I wasn't the type of person that borrowed and I, I made mistakes and I fucked everything up and you know, it, but it made me a better person, Doug. It did because when you make them, somebody's a good hearted person like me, somebody that, and I get emotional when I talk like this because, because I know I'm a good person, you know what I'm saying? And we talk about, you know, people who make mistakes and I, and I made a really big mistake and it was the worst mistake I'd ever made. And, um, 
uh, luckily uh, we we're able to kind of like get past it. And, uh, you know, person knows he's getting his money back now, but you know, it's, uh, uh it made me a better person. You know, I don't, I quit betting sports four years ago, you know, I, I quit, I quit just saying, Oh, there's a 400, 800 game jump in it. You know, it's like, I, it's like, this is how much I want to risk in my bankroll every day, put myself in a good spot, make sure you get your bills paid, you know, um, and just be smart. And, and the old Mike would be like, I'm the greatest, get me in the biggest game. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I, I'm not in a rush to, to have 10 million again. I'm in a rush to make, make my debts good, which is very few now. And, and to live a life where, you know, I, I say it straight out, get, let me be debt free with 2 million cash and I'll be set for life. I, I know that doesn't sound, it sounds like much, but in, in, in the real world, you know, you can live a pretty darn good life with a couple million dollars cash. Dude, for most people, that that would be amazing. So that's yeah. not that's not yeah. a, an unreasonable. But, but up until 2010, I'm like, when am I getting to 100 million? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't. Am I getting? What was, to your, what was your all time peak bankroll? My all time peak with assets or just cash? I, I, I guess either whatever whatever you want I, to say. With all time, I, I would say with with cash. Assets, I would say about six point seven, okay. But uh, my cap cash was like one point two, something like that. Uh, but that went from six point seven to fucking to fucking that, zero pretty quick. Was that full <laughs> tilt equity? Well, full tilt equity and um, some other investments I made in a couple companies, and that went up, kind of went to shit. And then my sports betting habit. I mean, I lost six point eight million betting sports. You know, I was a sick fuck. You know, and and I tell people like the story, and they they could they could think I'm lying all they want, but I I have no reason to lie. So up until okay, so the 2016 when I grenaded that money that I borrowed from somebody. Uh, is that Daniel, by the way, or is it somebody else? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, and uh, up until I did that. Right. And um, up until I did that, I had only had two losing months playing poker in 18 years. Uh, people look at me like, that's not possible. I'm like, Whoa. I'm talking about live. I mean, yeah, I, I got crushed many times online. I'm not talking about online, but live poker. Some, had, some laptops were broken, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so, you know, um, and that's true. So then I lost that money. So I couldn't. So that was my third losing month because I had no money to, to fuck it. If I had had money to, I, I, I don't think I would have lost that month, that month. You know what I'm saying? Because I just, I was a grinder, right? And then like I had not had a losing month since then until this last month that I was telling you about this bad run that I'm on. And um, so the thing I'm trying to say is I've, not only was back then, you know, poker was a lot easier and I was really good, but my, my learning curve is, you know, let's play in this game. Let's play in a bet. I put myself in spots where I'm just always trying to win. You see what I'm saying? I don't, the old Mike would just jump in three, 600 game. And if I lost, you know, I, I would lose, I, I would lose, you know, my, the new Mike is like, got 30,000 is a lot of fucking money. I you think know, that's that's called growing up. I think right. At some it point, it took me forty nine years. Most people grow up by like thirty years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a I'm still like immature Mike, and I still joke around. Everything's funny, you know. But yeah, it took me forty nine years to grow up, you know. And I um, I'm pretty proud of myself for it, you know. I, I, I yeah. am. I and I you know I I can't wait to make this last few payments to this person, and 
and be done with it. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, it's just like you got to learn from your mistakes and and you got and you got to become a better person. And I tell people every day, you know, just learn from your mistakes, become a better person, become a better person. You know, what I'm saying, learn, you know, it, it, and and so many people, you know, even in the business we're in, um, it's real easy to go from nothing to a lot of money and forget where you come from. And yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves are people who forget where they come from. You know what I'm saying? Forget the people who forget that when they were broke and I loaned them 15,000 and now they're worth millions and they forget that that two weeks that they were supposed to pay me back took was two years. You know what I'm saying? Um, people who, I mean, there's a lot of them that forget where they come from. And, and me, you know, even when now to the day, I still talk to three people at least once a month that I dealt poker with at Samstown in, 19, in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? You can't forget where you come from. You know, you got to remember how hard it was coming up. You got to remember what, when you were broke and you've got that's how you stay. That's how you stay level is not forgetting. Yeah. Where, you know, if you when you when you let your ego get the best of you and you start talking, you know, like and you start thinking you're better than people. That's when. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, I don't think Phil is like that, but he comes across a lot of times like that. And, and it's something I try and talk to him about, like, like, listen, Phil, you got to be careful. Like when you say this, you come across as like a pompous ass, you know, guy that's like, like, like think you're better than people. But he's not like that, you know, but he does come across like that. So, he's, you, know, we, you know, we have talks like that, you know. Phil is very polarizing. And uh, you can see it in the comments in the recent podcast we did, just looking at people have to say. A lot of people like Phil a lot. A lot of people really dislike Phil. He, yeah. he, he, I think, I think the thing about Phil is that he's so, um, I, I, maybe, maybe the word is even confident, but he's so sort of willing to put himself out there in a positive light about, right. about himself. Right. And I think for, for a lot of people that kind of, un, that kind of, it's kind of brash and, and, and too yeah. much. It, it's, it, no, it, it seems sort of self righteous in a way. Um, and I kind of I, I can understand that people are coming them from, but mm-hmm. I think that the endearing thing about Phil is that he believes in himself, and he says it in a way that is passionate because that's how he feels. So and he's a, got a heart, and he's got a heart of gold. Okay, he. I mean, I'm. I'll, I'll say it straight out. Without without Phil, I wouldn't be the person I am today. He's helped me. He's ta- he's helped me get on my feet. He's helped me with money management. He's taught me about game selection, money management. No, never, you know, told me, Mike, don't lose more than two buy-ins in one day, because if you do that, you're never going to lose because, you know, it, what, what's the worst when you start going off for the big numbers? You, there's a rule. There's always a rule. Never lose more in one than you can win the next day. And back back in the day, my ego was so big. You know, I was just, you know, I've lost 100,000 a few times and it's not a fucking, you know, people from her new school that don't know what 100,000, we, we call it a bean. You know, we lost a bean. We used to call it and uh, lose. I lost a bean twice and it's uh, it's not a fun thing to do. You know what I'm saying? And I know you've played bigger than that. So you probably lost multiple beans. You know, uh, I, I, I feel like all of my big sessions in my life, I, I lost um, all of all of if I looked at the top five or ten sessions or even hands. I just got killed in all of those. So um I guess I've had plenty of days where I couldn't win back my losses the next day. Yeah. And especially in, in a career in heads up, you never know when you're getting action. So back when I was playing heads up, it might be, you sit all your tables, you know, $1,000 buying up to $100,000 buying or whatever. Sometimes $200,000 buying. And then it might be that most days you get guys at one, 1K, 2K, 5K buy-ins. And then one day 
someone said to you at $60,000 buy-in. Well, now I'm going to play a session. And how this session goes is going to define this month of work. Okay? So if I win, it's going to be a good month. Yeah. If I lose, I'm going to lose this month. So I, I never really got the uh, – I never had that privilege of, of being able to, to play games where you just kind of had to take what you, what, you, what, what you got. But what it does kind of teach you is you try to make the best decision. And you don't worry about if it's – if it what happens, you just all my big losses losses is because I stayed up for 24 or 48 hours. Every, every, you know, and now, uh, I've had, let's see since, um, I'll say since I've had, uh, let's see, let's go back five years. I've played two 32 hour sessions. Um, which I I know that's two more than I should have, but I mean, I used to play like fucking two a week. (laughs) so two in five years is pretty good. You know what I'm saying? And I've gotten gotten away from that and I've gotten, I've just, listen, do I sometimes lose more than two buy-ins? Sure I do because the game's real good or whatever, but I try my hardest to try and stick to that. You know what I'm trying to say? And and, and like I said, and and Phil's given me a lot of great life advice. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 you know, I have nothing. I I will always say good things about Phil, but you know, it, it, it is funny that, that, you know, Phil is the type of person he wants to be loved by everybody. Okay. I want to be loved by everybody. Okay. People, but, but, you know, Donald Trump wants to be loved by everybody. That's why he, you know, he's the way he is. You know what I'm saying? Um, people that are, that have those, I don't know, narcissistic qualities uh, are always, are people that just want to be loved by everybody. Um, and I'm not saying Phil is a narcissist, but I'm just saying that he has a few qualities like that. But, um, you know, um, it's just the way it is. And, it, it, you know, people, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I just figured things out. That's all. And I'm, I'm proud of myself for it. it took me a long time, but dude, I'm proud for you too. Yeah. So. I, I, you, you've come a long way. You've had a lot of things you've overcome and, um, and nothing was the, the, injury, the, the injury I had. I mean, the, 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 nobody in the world understands what I've gone through the last seven years. It's like, just imagine the worst thing imaginable and times it by a hundred. And that's what I dealt with from 2014 to 2019. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, somebody, it, it, it's really weird when you're somebody that never done a hard day's work and you just sit and play poker your whole life and you wake up one day and you're almost paralyzed. And now all of a sudden you live life in chronic fucking pain. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fucking pussy. Okay. I hate fucking pain, you know? So uh, it, it was, a. I mean, it was, I mean, for four years, I fucking played the victim, man. Why me? Why me? There's no God. God wouldn't do this to me. Why me? Why me? Why? You know what I'm saying? And the day I quit playing the victim and the day I I got my belief in God back, that's when everything changed. You know what I'm saying? And in life, you cannot play the victim. There's the victim mentality will fucking put you in the gutter. Okay. Winners win. Victims cry. You know what I'm saying? If you fucking... If you, you if you if you're the victor and you play the victor, you're going to fucking win and you're going to be victorious and you're going to be good in life. If you want to say, oh, I don't have that because I'm this or my boo hoo me or boo hoo this, you're not going to get anywhere in life. You know, so, you know, that's why, I, you know, again, I don't want to be political here or anything, but that's, you know, the one side tries to be play victim mentality. And I'm just so against that because because my 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 father taught me he's like. You know, what, what you, Mike, I don't care what you do in life. If you work fucking hard at it, you're going to make a lot of money and be successful. 
And I believe that. And I to this day, I believe it. Name one person that you know that doesn't work hard in life that's a loser. You see what I'm saying? You can one easily, person that doesn't work hard in life that's a loser. How many people? Yeah. In other words, like, like you, do you know somebody, do you know anybody that works hard that, that's not successful? No. Well, that's, it's, it's misleading because I, I basically all of my peer groups are, are sort of pre qualified to be smart, successful people. Mm-hmm. So it would be different if I'm sure if I worked a, a, median job in america i would know plenty of hard workers that are not very successful so it's it's sort of a it's sort of a rigged question here's a here's a question for you okay let's just say you come from poverty okay Uh, and i i came from a not quite middle class more low-end middle class but but let's just say in 1997 i was living in a five thousand dollar trailer home paying two hundred dollars a month in rent okay working for a hundred dollars a day at samstown Okay, uh, 125 a day dealing poker. Now, God gave me the gift to be able to play poker, which allowed me to. I can't. You know, I can't do the God stuff, man. Because okay, that's it's fine. Just, Whatever. That's fine. It's just, it's, it's okay. It's, okay. I mean, I I'll be nice gift. about it, but I just can't. The, okay. the God so stuff. I have a gift. Okay, that's fine. I have a gift that you know allowed me to be successful. Okay, but I worked hard at it. I worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Right now, let's just say you come from nothing right? You're 18 years old and you work, if, if you work two jobs from 18 to 22 every day, 16 hours a day, right? By the time you're 22, you'll have enough money put away to, to, to get into college, right? Now you get into college, right? By the time you're 26, you got a degree. And by the time you're 35, you're fucking rich. In other words, if you work hard at it, you're going to make it. That's, That's just not true, opinion. man. That's not true. I think like on, I think that most people, so if you are a hard worker, you are going to on average do better than most people and i think honestly i even think this kind of applies to me because Mm. i don't think that i i think i'm a smart guy but i don't think i'm a really smart guy i don't think i'm someone that's really high on the curve of intelligence at all but one thing that i I know (laughs) well we're we're, we're in good company then uh (laughs) just two just two average guys just chatting no anyway um, but one thing I know I'm better than, than people is work ethic. And, and my yeah. poker career was always work ethic. It was always, I'm, I'm going to create the strategies. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to put in the hours. I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And I'm okay with the fact that, you know, if, if I, if me and jungle man make up a poker game, he'll probably crush me at it until I think about some math and stuff. But then eventually I will, I will get people because I will outwork them and I am a good critical thinker and, yeah. and, and, and good at those things. But, um, you know, I, I guess the thing about hard, hard, working hard is there's three different things that are all important when it comes to, to success in life. The first is how hard you work. The second is how naturally talented you are in whatever fashion that is, whether that's intelligence or physical abilities or whatever the arena you're in demands. And then there's luck. And there's the, all three of those things. There's different amounts of them that you need. And poker has a lot of all three. You need you kind of need all three. There are certainly spots in my career where I took big shots and if they had gone badly, it, it how them going well versus them going badly. I took many. Big, I took many a big. I'm shot sure you have, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> What's no, the I agree. Shot you've ever taken? Biggest shot. I mean, I I played uh, Gus and uh, Patrick Antonius three handed one thousand two thousand on on uh or two five one two two four Omaha eight on full tilt, and I lost one point one million. I mean, that wasn't a very I felt like I was getting cheated. I'm not gonna lie. But I mean, but, 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 but I know I wasn't though. Uh, earlier like, in the pod, you, okay, all right. Yeah, I, I said I, I wasn't. Right? It was like, 
three bet, four bet. Like I'd have ace, ace, deuce. Fucking Gus is three betting me with the deuce nine, nine, five or something like that. And somehow fucking he'd flop a nine or fucking I'd get counterfeited with the deuce. It would come three, four. Anyways, I mean, like I ran, I ran really, really bad. And so, you know, that was a big shot I took that I got crushed in. That was the biggest shot I ever took that I got crushed in. But if that would have gone my way, you know, which it was supposed to, I'm really good at Omaha eight. I mean, um, probably if it would have just gone normal, it would be like a two and a half million dollar swing probably, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I used to think about that all the time. Like how the fuck did these guys beat, <laughs> beat me? Because Gus's and fucking Patrick's worst game was Omaha eight. And playing these two three-handed, it was like a dream, you know. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we were playing so fucking high. I think we we're playing two and four thousand. I don't know. I lost one point one in like three-week period. Fucking not even. What is that? That's two hundred and seventy-five bets. It's not even. Yeah, yeah. Not you even know, I mean, it's a lot of bets, but it's, it's not. A, it's a lot. You know, playing three-handed, it's a lot because it's always raised three bet, four bet raise. You know, but um, you know that we talk about egos getting to you, right? Like, like I. No, I, I, I tr- truly believe I'm the best Omaha eight or better. Maybe not now because I haven't played in two years, you know, but I'm going to spend the next month working hard in my mixed games because going into the World Series. But, like, you know, when I was playing every day, I was, you know, I was the best. You know, I, I, there was like, I put like two people that are close to me, but uh, I, I just, when, I, when I say the best, I'm talking about cash game Omaha eight, short game Omaha eight, tournament Omaha eight. Like, I'll just give you an idea since, 2002 that's 19 years right they have a 10k omaha eight every year i made the final table of that omaha eight out of 19 years i think seven times maybe eight you can check it out i mean that's fucking pretty strong you know it's what I'm strong saying? but it is only 19 tournaments yeah there's a sam- sample it's only one a year tournament. it's only one a year you know yeah you know? so well, i'm not saying there's something you could do about yeah. the sample i'm just so saying, like when you look at really small samples obviously if someone does re- really well it means they're probably doing pretty well, but yeah. at the same time, you don't want to put too much stock in. in just so let's just say, okay, so at the World Series, right? Let's just go back like the last 19 years. So there's four Omaha 8 tournaments. There's a 3K, a 10K, a 1500. I'm sorry. I think they got rid of 3K. Sorry. 1500, a 10K. And then there's a 1500, a 10K, the PLO 8, right? So there's four 08 tournaments a year. I've made one final table in the last of those out of four a year. I don't know all but maybe think two years, you know? So like 16 out of 19 years, I've made at least one Omaha eight final table. And and again, like you said, you could say it's small sample size, but you know, if you watch like all the, if, if you really pay attention to the, to these, to like 08 and study eight, like the best, I'm telling you right now, when there's like four tables left, like all the bad players are weeded. Yeah. There might be six or seven bad players left, you know, and then you're just like drooling to get their table, you know what I'm saying? But you end up, you know, and 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 you you don't play much tournament poker, but this is a fact. Table draw is 80% of fucking tournament poker. You know, like when I won the 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 O2 um Omaha eight title, right? There was one table that had three idiots at it, right? With three tables to go. I'm like, please give me that table, please give me that table, right? And fucking I drew that table. I was like, yes, and I went to the final table, second and chips, right? So like if you don't think table draws everything, I mean, it's so oh, table draws huge, obviously huge. Yeah, huge. But like I went through like a three four year period in tournament poker with like three tables to go, and they redraw 
And I drew seven of the best players. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? And I'd look over at that table and there would be like six idiots and one good player. And of course the one good player either won the tournament or finished top three. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, table, table draw is fucking pretty important in tournament poker. Right. Definitely. And it tilts me when, ta- when, when tournament organizers don't correctly do the table draw where it's fair. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not random or people get grouped together or it's near where you signed. Well, oh, that stuff's so tilting. I used to talk about this. What do you, what's your opinion on this? So like, you know how they, they have the global poker index, right? So they rate players like one to a hundred, whatever they, they rate, but I don't even know how it works, whatever. But I, what if they like, like they do in tennis where they, they separate the, the top seed against the lowest, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and then they balance it out. Because so all then tables- the, the fish get wrecked harder because they have to play the hardest table. Do they, or, or does it separate? Uh, I mean, I used to always think like that back five, six years ago where they did that. Do, do they end up at the hardest tables then, right? Well, I'm just saying that the, it would separate all the top players from all being together. You know, it would, it would, it would, it would give the, it would equal it out. You know, you see what I'm trying to say? I, I, I just feel like, like when they redraw, let's just say, they have a top hundred for each category, right? And they redraw and out of the 24 players left in an Omaha eight tournament, 18 are, are ranked, right? So I think you should like break them up by ranking and to make it equal, not put like one through seven at the same table. I, I don't know if that could ever I, work. In I, poker. I don't think it works because then there's an advantage to some people for some people. Yeah. So if you're the number one seed, I, I, you, I was just it. trying back in the day. I was just trying to figure out a way to like balance the tables where, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, yeah. you know, please let me get that table and you get it. You're like, yes, I'm going to fuck a final table. Right. But if you don't get it, you're like, so I'll give you an idea. So in 2008, when I finished 30th in the main event, right there, if I would have played the hand like five seconds quicker, three seconds quicker, I would have got the table that Tiffany Michelle got moved to, which had six complete idiots. Okay. Instead I got, I got to the table with, eight superstars and you couldn't even open a fucking pot. It was like so hard to maneuver chips. Right. And all those people that were at the other table, you know, often made the final six. See what I'm trying to say? So, yeah. you know, a table draws fucking really, 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 really important in tournaments. Clearly. Especially late. Late is like so important. Um, Going back to what we were talking about earlier though, on like, you know, going through your, your personal journey and, and, and trying to improve. I mean, what, one thing that I really like about poker, and it, it was the same thing with, with video games when I was younger, I do like the journey that you get to go on of trying to build your bankroll and play in bigger games and, and move up and learn things. And it, it's like a video game in real no, life. No, I used to love that journey. Up, so right? you get, when, you get, when you get my age, when, once you reach about 45, you don't want any part of that journey. Hopefully, hopefully by then, you could, but you're a smart guy and you've done really well. I don't see you making mistakes and and putting yourself in a position where you're broke at 45, you know what I'm saying? But let's just say, uh, you know, I had my injury in 2014. So, so I was, uh, what, 40, 46. Okay. 40, 46. When I had my injury flash, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> so my little, my, my 20 year old cat who just had surgery Poor little guy. Look, he's only got one oh. ear now. He's only, he, took oh. off ear. He, had, he had cancer. They took off his ear. And then oh. they took that, they, they removed the spleen from his little belly. See his little stitches. And now he's all happy. He's such a happy little boy. How I tell you, what, 
he's going to be 20 in January. He's got, this cat's got more energy at 19 and a half years old than most kittens do. And, how, uh, how long do cats live? Average like 14, 15. Holy shit. What a so, fighter. So like, so take even it, the guy, take it after the old man. Yeah. So, so even the, the guy who did the surgery, right. Uh, who I've become pretty good friends with now. And he knew me from poker and stuff. So that we were able to, you know, he watched a lot of poker and he's like, man, Mike, he goes, I've seen a lot of 19 year old cats before. He goes, I ain't never seen one that's, that's got this much energy. He goes, so that's why he was really, he felt really good about doing the surgery. He goes, he goes, we don't operate on 19 year old cats. He's like, they just, you know, they, they just struggle, you know, but his blood work was really good. And so he felt confident in it. And now a little guy is cancer free and he's, he's uh move. Come on, Bubba, let's go. And he's just a good boy. So let me tell you something in life, like, like this, I never knew this. I don't have kids, you know, and I, it's one of my things in life that it really bothers me that I don't have kids, you know, but in this earth right now, with I mean, you could, that, if, you, if you really wanted to, you could still have kids. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I have to find someone that's not crazy. I have to find that, do that first. So, uh, but like, like, you know, in this, in this world, like there's a lot of negative in this world. You know, I asked myself many times, I'm like, maybe I'm glad I don't have kids. You know what I'm saying? Like so many of these, I mean, so much shit going on and just, you know, I said in 2007 when the when the Internet came and, and social media, I thought social media was like the worst thing that was going to ever happen to this, to the country, to the world. Because there was I remember back in um, when, um, you know, when I was in high school and stuff like like they would like people would pass notes around, say, you know, everybody would make fun of each other. And then people would get all all depressed and, and suicidal and people were being picked on. Now they just they put them in group chats all over. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and people get and the suicide rate for young kids is like up 72% since, since social media came out. So, and I saw that coming. So, you know, it, there's a lot of good with it, but there's, there's a lot of bad, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, so. yeah, social media, so, social media is so before, okay. Before I started doing, I guess, marketing or promoting myself, my company, mm-hmm. whatever I was on almost no platforms. I would, occasionally just tweet super dumb shit on twitter and then um, i used to like your dumb shit that you tweeted on twitter way back in the day yeah do you remember do you remember i think it was 10 years ago when we hung out at midsummer night's dream at the yes it was my my friend's birthday it was 2000 it was uh, 2011 yeah 10 years ago 10 years ago yeah Yeah, that was fun that was that was pretty sweet that was that was funny back then. Yeah, we had that big old fucking suite outside. I don't know. Yeah, we, yeah. We a lot of money for that. I think it was like five grand or something. Oh, we had a good time, man. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, that was me. That was me at uh, forty-four, acting like I was, uh, or forty-three, acting like I was like twenty-one. But uh, I did that for a long time. Wait, how old are you today? Fifty-three. Fifty-three. Okay, I thought I, I thought you were a little bit younger, but yeah. Well, sense. no, I I, I shaved the head. I uh, I colored the beard and made me look like I was like forty. Yeah, I went from yeah, yeah. I had to do something. You know, I, I saw I saw the fresh dye in Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I, I just got back from LA, so I have, matter of fact, I have to do that when I send them off the show today. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I listen now. Now I got to keep up. Uh, you know, got to try and make keep myself looking good. I mean, I don't, I don't give a fuck, but I mean it. You know, it's uh, people like me. They like me. Yeah. So. Uh, I kind of like my new look too. So, you know, I, I, you only have to put in about an hour a week. So, you know, shave your head once a week and dye your beard once a week. And that's it. What flash? It's all it takes, I guess. 
Yeah. You know, it, it is weird thinking that was 10 years ago that we hung out, man. It feel it, it doesn't feel like 10 years ago. Time, time, time really it moves on you, you know? Dude, people, you know, my dad used to always say, Mike, we better make the best out of life because because life goes by really, really fast, you know? And, and I, I look at, I mean, I can't believe it's been seven years since I got seven years since I, I had my surgery. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I remember this fucking surgery and being in that hospital, like, I, like it was yesterday. Now, you know, unfortunately because of how bad an injury it was, and I, I still have to take a lot of pain pills and all these other things, uh, gabapentin. Uh, so it really affects my brain. Um, that sucks. Uh, and, and it makes me like brain dead and it bothers me so much. So it's even harder to play poker when you're half brain dead half the time, you know, and a lot of times I have to take Adderall, uh, to help me focus, um, especially like in long sessions. And like, I've only took Adderall now twice in the last three months. I've, cause I, I don't play the long sessions anymore. I play like, like our private game will start at eight. And maybe at the, at the longest it goes till it's like 1 a.m. So it's usually like three to five hours a night. So which is good. So I'm able to stay focused uh, without having to take Adderall. I hate taking Adderall. I, Dude, the, the I, super I long it. sessions are not good for you. They're just no, not. I mean, you could not. play a 10 hour poker session and that's fine. Yeah. Right. Do you really need a 15? Do you really need a 20? I try and keep it at six to eight. Is my I try and keep sure. it like eight. That's fine. You know, if I play six hours a day five days a week, I'm going to live a very comfortable life without having to stress so much. You know, if I play in, in the old days, see, I was, but see, I'm such like we talk about it. My work ethic was so strong. I just wanted to, I wanted to, because to me, the more you play, the more you win. And I still believe that, you know, if you're a winner, well, if you're a winner, that is true. Yeah. But that, that also goes up into a certain age group. You know what I'm saying? If you start, once you reach your mid thirties, like, let's just say you're, uh, let's just go as high as 38, 39, 37. And you start, you know, taking Adderall and staying up for two, three days. I mean, you're going to, you're, you're not going to have good results. You know what I'm saying? Because you might think you're gonna, you know, because it makes you feel like you're, you're still focused. You know, like I'll, I'll go back even to the days when I was like, before I even ever did Adderall or anything, but like when I did a lot of ecstasy and then Tuesday, I'd be brain dead. And this girl's like, well, take this. It'll help you. And I didn't know what it was, but it was crystal meth, right? So I took like this little, little tiny line of it, right? And and as soon as I took that line, I'd be like, Whoosh. you feel like fucking Superman and you play poker at this real high level, right? And I'm just like, oh, I found this wonder drug, right? And, and the first six months, you know, taking like this tiny line of crystal meth, I made like 1.2 million in like five and a half months playing 400, 800. And, uh, but the, what happens is, is after like six months, it turns on you and it may, and you believe you're playing well, but people are lining up to play in your game as you're giving away money. So, um, you know, but you don't realize it. And, uh, like my, my, the turning point when I quit doing quick cold Turkey was, uh, July 26th of 2003, I had just come home from Paris and, um, I was there seven days. And then I went to a strip club and I partied with the stripper for two days. Uh, and I said to myself, holy fuck. I, fuck, I've only slept twice in the last nine days. Right. And I said to myself, holy fuck, I need help. Right. I, I, right then and there, I'm like, you know, if you're sleeping twice in nine days, something ain't right. So I went to a doctor. I went and saw a psychologist the very next day. 
And I said, listen, I don't want to do a drug. I want to quit. Compl- I don't ever want to do a drug again. Right. And so um, I told him what I was on, what I was taking, you know, and um, it ends up like he, 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 he um, diagnosed me as having like a, like a mild bipolar disorder. And I was using like street drugs to, to keep myself sane. You know what I'm saying? So he told me I was going to have like the urge to, to do this for like a year and a half. And sure enough, like two weeks before the year and a half mark, I still had the urge and the urge went away and I never did it again. But like, so he gave me some like antidepressants, uh, something mood stabilizer to help me get through the, the really, really horrible depression of detoxing off, you know, the stuff I was on. And, right. um, you know, and uh, so, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones, you know, I, but I, 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 t- I told myself, I got to get out. I can't be doing drugs. Like, like, one of my biggest you know, be, be, be doing drugs or be doing meth well meth be doing meth yeah yeah, yeah okay. and so like it, what it is is like it's not you're not your body's not physically dependent on it but you are mentally dependent on it like you start to believe you cannot play poker unless you're on it you can't do any unless you're on it and so when i won the 2002 w uh omaha eight title i i always said it was my biggest poker accomplishment because I quit cold turkey the night before, okay, the, before the final table, and I was fucking suicidally depressed. I'll never forget there was like two tables to go, right? I go in the bathroom. I'm talking to my friend Matt Lefkowitz and Billy Gazes, and I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking detoxing. I'm fucking suicidal. I can't make it. I can't make it. I just want to kill myself, right? And, and that happens. Oh, that's horrible, when you, man. When you're coming off of, of hard drugs, this is what happens. And – and these guys somehow, some way, talked me and got me through that night. And then I go on and win the tournament and come back from a five to one chip advantage to Daniel, head up. And we were good friends at the time. And we all went to dinner afterwards. And I'm going to tell you right now, oh, the look on Daniel's face. After, oh, oh, he's like, oh, you ran so good. You ran so good. Yeah, da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, okay. I did run good, but you know what? I also fucking, he tried to end the tournament too quick by playing too many bad hands. And, and, uh, you know, that's kind of like what I did when I, you know, uh, in 97, which I would have had another bracelet in the Omaha eight, because I had an 11 to one chip lead three handed against Scotty Wynn and Ted Forrest, right? Literally 11 to one chip lead. Right. But I know, you know, I'm turn poker, anything can happen. So Scotty said, give me 10 and give, and Ted said, give me five and you keep all the rest of them. So I, I'm like, okay, so I get 126,000 instead of 141,000, you get 10 and you get five. Okay. Deal. Right. And I, you know, back then you didn't know what bracelets meant. I just was like, I just been a pro for like six, like eight months. Now I got my first hundred thousand dollar score. I'll never forget. I mean, I was throwing that brick around that limo. We were to every, I was throwing it to everybody to touch it. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Right. And uh, the, the bean, the bean, the bean. Right. And so, uh, you know, but when I was head up with Scotty with that 11 one chip lead, I was just like raise right, all in every hand. And then he gets lucky two hands in a row. Right. Now he's got a little bit of chips and now he ends up winning 11 hands in a row and he ends up winning that bracelet. But if I know, and this is why one thing that, that, that D-Negs told me one time and I, and I, and after he told me that I, I really took it to heart. He's like, Mike, the only people that want to make deals are people that want need the money, right? If you don't make a deal with them, you're going to be able to put more pressure on them because they're scared to lose it because the money means something to them. Right. And 
And so then after that, I, I just quit making deals for a long time. Now, everybody's really good now. So I think deals are, are fair. But back, let's just go from, 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 let's say, 2000 to 2006. Okay. Daniel is 100% right. You know, if they want to make a deal, they need the money. So that you're going to be able to put more pressure on them. And uh, I took, I, after that, I made that deal that day, I, I didn't make another deal for the next like five years. So, you know, it was very beneficial. I, I, I know you're saying with deals for a long pe- period in tournaments, um, I refused to make deals at all. And that period was my whole career. Right. And uh, there was one tournament specifically where I got particularly wrecked. It was five handed in one of the biggest hundred K's um, that I think that there's ever been. Uh, that's not been the one drop. It was at the Bellagio. There was a huge hundred K. It randomly popped off one day. I don't know what was happening. And we got down to five-handed, and people were like, let's make a deal. And I said, nope, not making a deal. We can all play. Because I just was like, look, if I lose, so I'm already guaranteed 600K, whatever. Yeah. If I lose, I'm fine with that. I don't care. And if first place is a couple million dollars or whatever it was, a few million dollars, whatever first place was in that tournament, I, I'm fine just taking my beats and losing that money or losing my, my value if I, if I have to. But I will make the play I think I have to make. And I just don't think everyone here is willing to do that. I think some of right. these guys are just going to bitch out and they're just going to try and ladder or they're going to whatever. And I'm here to win this tournament. Right. Yeah. And then so I said no. They dealt the cards. Cut off opens. I jam ace five suited. Dan Smith wakes up with queens and I'm out of the tournament. I leave, as, I'm, as I'm getting my chips taken away, they say sit out. We're doing a chop. Bring them over. Everyone, like they will start working out the numbers. Oh, just, just that, I, I'm, I'm just slinking. Well, I mean, like I, I like, I like to sit, talk about like this one. So, so like, and, and you know, people would think I'm crazy. You know, when I, but I had a dream that Scotty won the World Series. I staked him. He won the World Series. Okay, I literally had a fucking dream three months before NBC head up in 2013 that I was going to win NBC head up, and I wasn't even going to play it because. Head up. I mean, I'm a good. Head, I'm not a. Yeah. I'm not a great head up player. I'm a good head up. I mean, why do you I'm, say head up? It's just you. You're the only guy that does this. Why do you say head up? Heads up. Yeah. Head why? Why up. do you say? Why do you say head up? I don't know. Just, I just at this point, I, you got to write it out, Mike. It's okay. too signature. You're the guy that says head up. But why? Is there a reason you say that? No, I don't even realize I'm saying it. I just, it's heads up. But I, for some reason, I say head up. I don't know. Say why. head up. Yeah. Okay. So so like. uh and, and, and you call Dustin. He'll tell my trainer about this. He'll tell you the whole story. So I called Dustin on the phone. I'm like, I got to fucking get in shape. I'm like, why? I had this dream. I won the NBC fucking head up. I got to get myself mentally prepared for this tournament. I go, I go, I'm not really a heads up player. See, you got me there. I got a heads up player. And I said, but I, I know, I, I, I know this dream was reality. Right. So I go and I play it and I win it. But here's the point is we're talking about deals. So I'm with, I'm heads up with Phil, and Phil's like so. First was seven fifty, and second was two fifty, right? Three fifty, two fifty or three fifty. Seven fifty to two fifty, a big big number, right? Phil's like, let's save a hundred thousand. I said no, right? He goes, why not? I mean, we're good friends. I said, blah blah blah. Look at that. There's a five hundred thousand difference. I go because I had a dream. I won this fucking tournament. You can't fucking win, Phil, right? He's like, ah, oh, that's not true. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And Phil's my good friend. I'm like, okay, Phil, we'll save a hundred thousand. Right. So we save a hundred thousand. So I got a hundred thousand less, you know, but I knew I was going to win. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like, it, I felt like I was kidding Phil a hundred thousand. You know what I'm saying? Did you really know you're going to win though? Your dream doesn't really affect the, the results. It really was. I did just like, like the toughest match, like that, that whole, that whole six matches, right. 
Like I got in the zone, you know, you know, it's like getting the zone. I got in the yeah. fucking zone. Like I'd never been in before. It's like, like some out of body experience took over me and I just knew it. Everybody had, I'll never forget when I beat Isildur, right? He says to me, man, Mike, you played fucking great. I couldn't even figure out what, what you had. He goes, I think you're going to win this thing. And this was a match too. Right. And now that guy was the best head up player in the world at the time. When he what said, year, that, what, what year, what year was that? 2013. Right. Uh, no, he was not the best. I was the best. He was considered. He was considered pretty much the best. No, I was considered the. I was number one in 2013, really? Mike. But he was playing every yeah. fucking human head up, fucking for gazillions. Anyways, so I, I, I had some good sessions with Sizzler those days. Yeah. Okay. So when he says that to me, I'm like, that gives me confidence, right? So now I'm like, all right, I got a dream. I'm gonna win this. I just beat this guy. He's supposed to be like the best or one of the best, right? And I, and then. And then I played Scott Seaver in the semifinal. And Scott Seaver is a phenomenal poker player. I don't care what anybody says. He's like, he's phenomenal. Did he give you right? any speech play? Yeah, we had a lot of fun, right? It was okay. great, right? And we played this fucking match. Like, I had ace-king, he had 17 wins, this huge flip, right? And I'm down to, like, fucking dust, right? And then all of a sudden, I just went, I, I get it all in with the best hand. I hold, I hold, I hold. Next thing you know, we're, like, fucking dead even in chips. And we're, like four hours into this match but we hadn't played any uh i mean i mean the, the one flip was ace king versus seven so that was like the only flip we'd played right so now we're like now that the blinds are catching up and scott moves on with jack 10 and i call him with ace 10 right i misclicked and i'm just i'm just like oh baby i got him right and i had him like covered by like 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 like, like two chips we we're that close to even right and the flop comes down jack three deuce and I looked at him in the fucking eye. I'll never forget it. I said, it doesn't matter, dude. I had a dream. I won the tournament. An ace is fucking coming. You cannot win. And you can go look at the video of this. This is all on TV. Go look at go go look at it. You can look it up if anybody out there wants to look it up. Right. 2013, now, heads up. Semifinals, Scott, Scott Seaver, Mike Manaso. And so now a four comes on the turn, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I looked out, I looked at him like I told I look at him, I said, see? It's coming an ace or a five. Just you can't win, dude. And River came a fucking ace, and then I went on to win the tournament. Oh. Yeah, it was it was so much speech play when those cards were turned up. And I, I know that they have that. You can go look it up, right? There was I was talking so much shit because he sits there, he outflops me, he hits that jack, and I look at him and told him he just he just can't win, you know. And and when that ace came on the river, man, it was great, man. It was so great, man. glorious. Yeah, was, had, had was, to be had to be a good moment. What's your all time favorite poker moment? Like, what's the best moment of your career? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. It was always it was always winning that uh, Omaha eight because of me detoxing and stuff. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say winning NBC head up because people were good were good had finally gotten pretty good and and I wasn't one of the top players back then and for me to have got in that zone and I did get in that zone. I mean, it's a zone that I've been in only like four times in my life. And to win that and to beat some of the very best players, um, you know, you had fucking Olivia Bousquet fucking saying on Twitter how I, me and Phil Hummuth are the worst head up players. We have no right to even be in the tournament. And and he was all pissed before I even got the invite. You know what I'm saying? That I was in the tournament, you know, but people don't realize, like Maury said it many times, this isn't a fucking show about who the best is. This is a show. Of, it's a TV show. You know, that's why I invited. That's why they invited, you know, uh, you know, some famous people. I, I was in Vegas. I didn't get an invite. Yeah. And so even like because before YouTube, Mike, you know what? Before YouTube, people didn't know who I was. I was just a random online kid. Fuck that guy. We don't we're not going to invite him now. Maury's like, no, 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Because they're fucking good TV. Because you're good TV. And Come on. Then, no, it's because I built an audience. It's it, you built an audience, but you're poker. funny. You're funny, Doug. I if appreciate you, that, but I was funny before. The, who I was didn't change. But nobody knew that. Nobody knew yeah, what's what like, saying. Yeah. yeah. So like, you see, like, like people, like again, I'm not. I don't want to knock him out. Like, I love Berkey. I think he's fucking the nicest human being. That makes one of us. Okay. A lot. Okay. You don't like him? Okay, that's fine. I'm just kidding. Just I mean, oh, you're joking. Him. Okay. So, uh, but like when he plays, he doesn't say a fuck. Everything's GTO. Everything's mechanical. Everything, you know. And it's like you're just not going to get invited on too many shows if you if all if everything is, you know. They, they need you need personalities. Personalities. They, people don't watch. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, an average poker player will watch Poker Go. The best players play against each other, right? But I mean, if you want, you remember the high stakes poker, man. I mean, with Gabe Kaplan and everything, we always had the, all the characters of poker, and we, had, and we had a couple famous people come on, you know. So that's why when Phil played that that uh, Nick Wright, you know, Maury's like, listen, he's like, you remember when poker was at its top? He goes, we always had a celebrity come on. He goes, yeah, you know, people might get upset that you're playing him, but but it's good for the for building the brand of pie. And, and Maury's right, by the way. So that was actually a good decision. You know what I'm saying? Now, I um I did not watch yesterday, but I heard that Phil bluffed off all his chips when had a big lead off of off of Tom Dwan late, and he just bluffed it all off like in three straight hands. Oh, is, this, is, is, is that already aired, or is that? Yeah, it aired yesterday. Oh, is, is the streak dead? The streak is over. Wow. Ding all dong, right. the streak is dead. The streak is dead. Wow. Streak is dead. He had from what? Now, this is what I was texting. I heard that, so I heard he had a um, – uh, Phil had a 175 to 25 lead over him and then just bluff, bluff, bluff. And it was over. It was over like in five. That's what, this is what I was told. I haven't seen it yet. So don't, if, any, if I'm wrong, this is just a text I got from somebody. They just said that Phil had Tom Dwan dead and he bluffed it all off. It's, you know, these things come and go. It's uh, it's good to see someone new take the crown. It, it, it had been a lot of Phil Helmuth for, for the. Well, let's the just see what happens time. in the rematch here. That should be interesting. It, that definitely will be. Mike, before we go here, um, anything you want to you want to tell the audience about? Obviously, you have um, your podcast as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I have a I have an online home game uh, that I play. Uh, it's a one two dollar no limit and uh, PLO. Um, and anybody who's watching on the show and they want to join my home game, uh, just email mouthpoker at yahoo.com, mouthpoker at yahoo.com. And anybody that's listening to the show wants to play, you get uh, three hundred bucks in chips for two hundred. Just uh, mention in the email, Doug's podcast, and uh, get three hundred for two hundred. Oh. Uh, I run this home game. Uh, I don't really make much money off of it. I do it for my fans. I have a lot of fans that never get a chance to play with me. I usually play, um, yeah, probably f- an hour a day, three or four days a week. Uh, I have a Telegram uh, with all the players that want to play. When I tell them I'm going to play, so they all come and play. Uh, if there's no game going, uh, but most of the time there's a game going. Uh, so, uh, I, uh, I do that for the, for, for, for the, for the, for the fans, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, uh, I, 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 there's been many times I've thought about just closing it, you know, cause I'm really not making any money, but there's, there's so many like loyal people that just love me. They're like, no, I keep the room open. You know, you keep the rate cheaper than anybody in the world. You know, you're, you're a good guy, you know, you, and, and I give, and the truth of the matter is that they're a fish and they play in my poker room. You know, I, I give them back like <laughs> I just whatever I'm giving back half of whatever. You know what I'm saying? I just because that keeps the games going. You know what I'm saying? So right. you know, I try I try and do that. So I have that. And um, also uh, 
I run the Mouthpiece podcast usually once a week. Uh, sometimes it's every two weeks. Uh, we talk about poker. We talk about we talk about the name of my book, which is coming out called Poker, Pain, and Politics: How All Three Made Me a Better Person. And um, I learned a lot from from poker, from being in pain, and from politics. And not just and it's not about politics. It made me politics made me realize there's more to life than the green felt. And it made me care a lot more about others. It made me care about so many working class people that struggle in life. Uh, and it made me just like really kind of connect to those working class people that struggle. And that's in, on my podcast. I, I get a lot of people call in that, that now that, that call in to say to me, you know, I appreciate you looking out for people like us. And that makes me feel good. So, you know, again, it's a, uh, you know, the book isn't really about politics. It's about what politics made me as a person. So I got that book hopefully coming out by the first of the year. And, um, you know, just try and, you know, every I tell everybody, you know, I'll say to, to, to everybody else who's watching your show, it's like take every day of life like it's your last. Appreciate every day in life when you wake up. And then every day, you know, set yourself some goals and try and make yourself a better person, you know. And I know it's easier said than done. You know, because I didn't listen to anybody growing up. It was like, what do you do with all the money you make playing poker? Mike, I go, I don't know. I play higher. What do you think I do? You know what I'm saying? You know, that was just my thought process. But now you get older, you're like, you know, what do you do? You know, I try and, 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 you know, do the right thing, pay off the rest of my debts, uh, try and put money in certain spots, uh, put myself in a position where I don't go broke again. You know, you know, it was eight times. I went broke nine fucking times. Every fucking time after the third one, I said, I'm never going broke again. This time I'm never cat, cat meows in the background during he's that. He's, he's, I've had this cat. This cat has been with me since 2002. He's been with me when I had was broke. He's been with me when I had millions. He was with me before I got set up. I got put in jail. Then he was with me after I had millions. Then he was with me when we moved houses after I went broke. Then he's what, baby? You want to say goodbye to everybody? Okay. I, I, I will say here, Mike. Before we go, I, I I really do appreciate how open you are about you know what you've been through in your life because you have one hell of a story and uh, your openness and honesty I think goes a long way and uh, you know I just appreciate you being willing to kind of share that with 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 me and the audience and yeah you know, because you know what cool. you, you got you gotta you, listen you could just be quiet about it and just or you could use your voice and talk about the bad things you've done to make you a better person. You know what I'm trying to say? And I, I just feel like when you talk about the bad things you've done or the mistakes you've done, I think it, it just it, it allows you and allow to, to become a better person. It allows like even your listeners, when they hear that, they, they'll say to themselves, hmm, there's a lot of good things Mike said there. Maybe I'm going to start doing that to help better my life. And if I can help better one person's life out of however many thousands of people that listen to your podcast, then that is good for that. That makes me feel better about myself. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and this is coming from somebody, like I said, people used to tell me all the time, Mike, you're so good at poker. What do you do with all your money? I'm, I play higher. What do you think I do? You know, or they say, well, you're going to run bad. No, I can't run bad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I can't lose. You know? And, 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 and when you're young, you, you, you believe that. Okay. And you think you're the best and you, and you, and you say to yourself, you know, none of these bad things could happen. But then when they do happen, you think about that moment when that guy, tried to give you advice in the past and you were fucking a young kid and didn't listen. And now you're older and you, you and, I, and I think, I, I think about that moment all the time when that guy said that to me and then all the negative things happen. So 
basically me being always just like, you know, there's going to be somebody that's listening to this podcast and they're going to, it's, it's going to say to them, it's going to make them do better things. If it makes them do one better thing, then that makes me happy. So that's why I'm like that. Awesome. All right, cool, man. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate you. you. Spending time. Yeah. As always, man. Um, for the audience, uh, that's going to be it for us today here at the Doug Polk podcast. We will be back, uh, on Monday with Nate Silver should be a good one. Hope you guys tune in for that. If you are new to the podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us kind of all over the place, but YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, and we're on Twitch where we're doing all the stuff. So Doug Polk pod, basically everywhere you can follow and make sure you don't miss out on anything. Once again, thanks to Mike for joining us today, everyone. That's going to be it from us here. Have a good day. I'll see you soon.